get full access to RFR only on Patreon. Become a member of the RFR Patreon community to get more Rebel Force Radio. Bonus shows and content are available right now only at patreon.com slash rebelforceradio. From Tops comes the all-new digital card collecting app, Star Wars Card Trader. For the first time ever, collect and trade everything from legendary 1977 Star Wars cards to new cards featuring exclusive content, all from the comfort of your mobile device. Star Wars Card Trader. These are the cards you're looking for. A small rebel force has penetrated the shield and landed on Endor. This is where the fun begins. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. This is Rebel Force Radio. Your source for the Force. Star Wars news and commentary. With Jason Swank and Jimmy Mack. I've seen Star Wars 500 times. Star Wars number one. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I suggest we use it. Now it's time for Rebel Force Radio. We would be honored if you would join us. All right. I'm back. Yay. All right. Great to be back here in the Rebel Force Radio studios for Rebel Force Radio. This week's show. What is this for? The 27th? Yes. It's the 27th. Yeah, this week. Gosh, it's already October 27th. Seems hard to believe. Really seems hard to believe. But um, we are officially entering the holiday season. And uh, kicking things off with Halloween. This is our Halloween show. I'm not afraid. You will be. Rebel Force Radio. You will be. Your source for the Force. Yes, you will be. Well, you should be afraid. We got an amazing show. Don't be afraid. It's a great show. Coming up back on the program. It's been a while since we've spoken to her, but the great, the wonderful, the beautiful, the super talented Ashley Eckstein joining us uh, coming up later on the program. Plus, uh, Tom Spina of Tom Spina Designs and Regal Robot. He, I mean, it's a Halloween show. We got to have our resident monster expert come in and talk to us about uh, the latest and greatest things going on in his world. Uh, plus, we've got the world premiere of brand new Star Wars song from Cy Fried and so much more. And uh, here to uh, help guide us through all of that, my good friend and yours from Chicago, Jimmy Mack. Hey, Jason. Hey, Star Wars fans. I'll be doing this whole show this week wearing my Gamorrean guard mask. It's uh, in costume. I'm in costume, and I got this mask on, and it's getting really hot and humid in here, and I can't really breathe, and I'm getting claustrophobic. I, I, I got to take this thing off. See, we, we, we learned, we learned, I learned backstage at Star Wars Celebration a few years ago. Um. Speaking of Tom Spino, when 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 Tom brought a a Biff mask, a beautiful, um, very very realistic, detailed uh, uh, Biff mask for you to wear on stage, and uh, you, I don't think, did you have it on at all? Like, did you put it? I put it on. Did you, what happened was you have to understand. 
I, I, I get claustrophobic in tight spaces when I think about it. You know when it happens to be the worst is when you get on that upside-down roller coaster and they pull that thing down on you? And the harness. The harness. That harness and Once thing. that yeah. harness is in, I... I I get itchy. I have to get out of yep. there. I, I, it drives yep. me nuts. I can't breathe. I can't. I need my space. So they put the bit. I thought it would be uh, clever if I introduced Tom Spina and crew wearing the bit head on stage at Star Wars Celebration. And right. uh, we thought it would be great. You know, great showbiz moment. And uh, once they put that thing on my head, <laughs> what, they put it on my head. It completely surrounded my entire head. And I'm in there. And I'm looking around, and I there's a lot of space between me and the the interior of the mask, so I could kind of look around in there. So I felt like I was in a really tight space. And you yeah. know, you had the the <laughs> goggles for the eye lenses and everything. But what really got me was the Velcro in the back when they when they yeah. when they fixed the the Velcro, and then I knew I was in there, and it wasn't going to be good. <laughs> So I had to rip that off immediately, and I think we just walked up holding the Bith head. See, now, this is a connection. There's a connection here, because uh, if I recall, you uh, made fun of me a little bit, because I kind of freaked out at the Nissan booth at Star Wars Celebration with the, for the virtual reality experience. And I have kind of a similar reaction to VR like you had with that Bith mask. There's like a a sensory deprivation thing going on. And um, now I could wear a Bith mask, but I can't put those goggles and those earpieces over and kind of like disappear into another world, you know, that virtual world that that freaks me out. So maybe you should have a little more compassion. Don't trust your, your co-host. Don't trust your eyes; they can deceive you. Um, wait, yeah. what was that? I don't know. Um, but the difference is, is the Bith mask is scary, hot, and humid, and the virtual reality at Nissan was one of the coolest damn entertainment experiences I ever had. So that's the big uh, difference, I think. I see. I see. Well, as long as you're being fair and non-judgmental about it, I'm not it, that's judging all. That's all. anyone here except for you. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into it. We got a couple of stories and we've got our guests standing by again. Ashley Eckstein joining us in the cantina and Tom Spina. Uh, We're going to talk about all kinds of uh, spooky Halloween stuff. And of course, we'll throw in some Star Wars. We got to do that. But first. I have good news for you, my lord. That's good news. Come closer. I have good news. All right. Yeah, I'm going to do this a little out of order. I'm going to, if you don't mind, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to flip flop this. So we have a name. We have an official name, according to director Ron Howard, for the untitled Han Solo film. Uh, Ron Howard, uh, who, who I believe, you know, he, some artists paint in oils. Uh, Ron Howard paints in Twitter. Mm-hmm. Like he loves the Twitter. He calls it the Twitterverse. He's always tweeting. Seems to be his medium of choice, his social medium of choice. And he took to Twitter to announce that they'd wrapped production and that the film finally has a name. Here's what Ron Howard said. Hi. Well, as we wrap up production, I just want to take this moment to to thank an incredibly talented cast and crew for all their hard work. And to the fans out there, I hope you've enjoyed the pictures uh, that I've been sharing, pictures that I've taken from the set of... Can can we even say the name of the movie? 
Chewie handed it to him. There it is. I'll see you next year. Solo, a Star Wars story. So uh, not to be confused with uh, the untitled Han Solo film or what many speculated it would be called Han Solo, a Star Wars story. This is just Solo. Solo. Don't you hear that every time you <laughs> yeah. see that title? Say it. Say it. Solo. Yes. Solo. Yeah, Jabba is waiting in the hangar for him. Um, so this definitely got a lot of fan reaction. Um, some people, you know, said this is the worst title of a movie ever. Uh, some people said, well, what else was it going to be called? And then there were a lot of people that were sort of somewhere in between. But I think the general consensus and where I come down on this, Jim, is I don't really care what's it, what it's called um, as long as the movie's great. I want the movie to be great. Um, I was a little underwhelmed by this story. I, I thought they could have you know, thrown in a smuggler reference here or something maybe a little bit more clever. Uh, solo, I mean, the, they, they have the title treatment. Uh, as part of the press release at StarWars.com, and it, it mirrors the uh, what 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 it, the sign that Ron Howard you know held up. Uh, it just uh, it's just it's a little flat. It's a little flat, but you know a lot of Star Wars uh, film titles at first are a little weird. You know they all kind of strike us as odd, but this one's obviously very familiar, but it's still weird. I don't know what what how do you feel about this? We actually haven't even talked about this. Us as Star Wars fans, we have a tendency to refer to some of the films just by singular names. Empire, Jedi, Clones, Sith, and now you got Solo. They're saving us the work. Because if they called it something like Han Solo in the Smuggler's Challenge or whatever, we would just call it Solo. I mean, we would call it that. So they're just saving us the work. They're trimming the fat. I wasn't surprised that they ended up calling it just Solo. Because, of course, back in June, Woody Harrelson took a picture of himself on a hotel balcony. He took a selfie, and he was wearing a shirt that said Star Wars Solo on it. And the the L was in the shape of Han's famous blaster. And Uh uh, it was a, a different logo. And it didn't include the A Star Wars Story subtitle. But uh, it did just say Solo. And as a matter of fact, um, he was on a talk show uh, just around that same time with uh, Stephen Colbert, who's a big-time Star Wars fan. Mm -hmm. And uh, Colbert actually questioned him about that, uh, that shirt he was wearing. If you give me one second, Jason. Yeah, you got the clip? I do have the clip. All right, here we go. You're also in the new Han uh, Solo standalone Star Wars movie coming up. We've seen the pictures of you and Chewie and Han, okay? Your character's name is Beckett, okay? We know this. Who is Beckett? Tell me something about him, because you're not going anywhere (laughs) until you tell me something about the movie. Right. Uh, I'm a criminal. You're a criminal? Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. Your fellow criminal along with Han. I'll take that. I'll okay. take that. One more thing. Here's a picture you, you, uh, you threw up there. Was this off uh, Instagram? Uh, caption, hashtag Amalfi Coast. But right there on your shirt, it says Solo, like crew shirt. 
Is yeah. that the name a, of the movie? It's uh, right now, that's the temporary name of the movie. Solo. Uh, that's an exclusive, uh, right? No yeah. one knows that. We're revealing that right now. <laughs> there you go. Woody's got a very panicked look on his face oh, yeah. throughout this. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Thank you for being cooperative because... So there you go. All right. So, boy, this is a little bit of a non-event. If you're paying attention like Jimmy Mack pays attention, then you could have called it. Now, I'm remembering that that uh, Instagram photo, and I thought that was kind of a cool logo, you know, very you know, almost James Bond-like, you know, where the the seven becomes the, the gun. Well, in this mm-hmm. case, the L in Solo becomes the gun. The one thing that I thought about this title, Jim, is that it doesn't really lend itself to a sequel. I guess you could call it Solo 2 or, you know. <laughs> this is the one, you know, unlike Rogue One, where we knew that this was going to be a very... Uh, this was going to be like, you know, Rogue One was going to be like a shooting star. You know, it was going to last for just a, a a second. It's a it's a it's a blip on the Star Wars radar in terms of the timeline and all of that. It, it didn't seem to be the makings of a franchise within a franchise. But Solo, for whatever reason, for me, did seem or does seem like that opportunity. And I don't know. I, I guess there's always ways around it, but it just didn't set it up. I, I guess I'm, I'm thinking of the, you know, the daily novels that had those cool titles. I thought that's kind of the direction yes. they might be going. A more pulpy sounding title. Yeah, right. Exactly. Han Solo at Star's End. Han Solo's Revenge. Han Solo yeah. and the Lost Legacy. Those were the titles of the Brian Daly novels from the 70s. And it does just capture a more romantic feel. Like an Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom. Give us a yeah. Han Solo and yada yada. Right. Now, yeah. the, 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 I should point out that um, Stephen Colbert knew the character's name was Beckett. Mm. Beckett. Um, it had been rumored that Woody would be playing a character named Garrus Shrike. Yeah, from from one of the comics, right? Uh, character he, from a comic. He, he was from the... Uh, the Han Solo, the young Han Solo trilogy uh, that came out. Um, it was not the Brian Daly trilogy, but this was a, a different oh series of books, series of books that came out during the expanded universe era. And uh, mm. Garrus Shrike was uh, this guy who, uh, uh, for better or worse, enslaved a young Han Solo, and oh, um, uh-huh. and it was under his uh, his roof. That uh, Han met um, a Wookiee, and that's how he learned how to speak Wookiee. Um, ah. That's according to the old expanded universe. Right. Uh, Garrett Shrike was enslaved is, is a hard word to use. It was more like he ran a gang, and Han was mm-hmm. part of that gang. Um, right. Yeah, so like they, they were an unsavory bunch. But um, it was uh, Jimmy Fallon back uh, earlier in the year who uh, asked Woody Harrelson directly, are you playing Garrus Shrike? And that's when Harrelson says, no, the character I play is Beckett. Mm. Beckett. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. So Star Wars, uh, or excuse me, Solo, a Star Wars story, uh, hits theaters in uh, May 2019. That is still the plan. And uh, they've wrapped shooting. And I, I got to, you know, just every time I, I, I don't know if it's because 
Um, my wife loves to fall asleep to Andy Griffith show reruns on on Netflix. Who doesn't? And I hear, I know it does. It it just, I it, it's for whatever reason. She just, it's like she's out like a light. That, you know, as soon as that that TV show is like, it's like uh, you know, it's like the chicken soup of reruns. You know, it's, yeah, it, it it's hearty. It makes you feel good and warm and puts you to sleep. It's like a PB and J on television. You know. So I'm hearing Opie's voice, you know, um, every single night. And Ron Howard is just so likable. Uh, You know, he's just always been, for me, you know, growing up, uh, a guy that, you know, you feel like could be your neighbor, could be your cousin, you know. Um, So I'm really, I'm rooting for this movie on several levels. I mean, obviously as a Star Wars fan, but I would love to see, you know, Ron Howard come through with this not that he doesn't make great movies he makes great movies that have a lot of successes but um i, I really want to see this uh, happen for him as well and i love how transparent circumstances i love how transparent he's been with his social media followers about the production of this film he knew that when he was being brought in this production was in absolute turmoil we knew that as fans so he did yeah. the smartest thing was just by simply taking those behind-the-scenes Instagram photos and Twitter posts and everything he was doing just gave us a sense of of being there on the set with him and, and just having that comfort of knowing that this film is happening and it's being put in front of cameras and we're getting these updates directly from the set. This wasn't happening during the Lord and Miller era. You know, that, that the film was in total secrecy when those guys were uh, in the director's chairs. With Ron Howard, we were getting regular updates on social media, and that comforted me. Yes. So I, yes. I'm sure other me fans well. feel the same way. Yeah, Me as well. All right. So uh, another big surprise of, of recent uh, time is the new behind-the-scenes video featurette that uh, premiered as an exclusive to usatoday.com. It's sort of a, uh, it, it's behind the scenes, but it really focuses on sort of Ryan Johnson. Uh, so I don't know, Jim, if this is perhaps the first in what may be a series of featurettes. Perhaps we'll see one that focuses on Mark Hamill or Daisy Ridley that will be exclusive to another media outlet. It seems a little odd to me that this would just come out of nowhere and just focus on Ryan Johnson. Um, but as we were uh, prepping for the show, Jim and I were talking about just a few things that uh, jumped out at us. And f- for me, one of the things was something that we haven't seen yet or any indication of is that we do get a glimpse of Oscar Isaac's Poe Dameron on uh, in the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. And you do see uh, Ray there. And Jim, you had brought up on a recent. Actually, it might have been on our trailer uh, review show that that's those are two characters. You know, when you think about the big three, as you called it, the big three of the sequel trilogy is Ray and Finn and Poe. And despite there being the big three of this trilogy, you really haven't seen Poe and Ray together at all. Not at all. I mean, they've not even shared any screen time outside of the fact when when Ray was taken off on the Falcon, Oscar Isaac was standing out there with the rest of the resistance waving her goodbye. (laughs) So, I mean, that's pretty much the extent of the screen time. Yeah, they're real, real tight. They're real good friends. He was... 
But yet, you know, they're being presented to us as the big three, uh, you know, uh, Finn, Poe, and Ray. And so I would like to see them kind of come together because we didn't see the old big three get together at all in uh, The Force Awakens. So that's kind of a, you know, the camaraderie is something that I always enjoyed about the original trilogy. It was uh, mentioned many times that uh, Luke was... uh, was was putting his friends at risk. Uh, even the emperor called him out on his friendships. You know, you know, your faith in your friends is yours. You know, it's it, it was always just kind of this theme that would keep coming up in the original trilogy. It was not only you know the hero's journey Luke was on and the fight against good and evil, but it was also friendships. Mm-hmm. More than more than family, it was friendships. And uh, that was something that definitely resonated with the original trilogy. So I would like to see a little more of that resonate in the sequel trilogy. I don't know if we're going to get the chance really to see that here too much in uh, The Last Jedi. But but you did notice that uh, you see Oscar Isaac there on board the Falcon. And and there's another scene where you see him and he's uh, definitely in the cargo hold of the Falcon. So. It's it, knowing that this is a behind-the-scenes video um, opens up possibilities that the characters were just there, you know, I, or the characters, Even the, the actors, actors, the yeah. actors. Were I was just, thinking that they were just just there. And maybe right. it was a rap party, and they partied right. on board the Falcon. <laughs> wouldn't that Who wouldn't? Be, that would be a great rap party, wouldn't it? Um, sure would. But it uh, sure so would. that's why it's hard to. Look for those sort of clues. You know, will we see Poe Dameron on board the Falcon? I certainly would love to see him fly the Falcon. He's the hotshot pilot of the sequel trilogy. So put him behind the controls of the fastest hunk of junk in the galaxy. Yeah, so um, outside of those two things that uh, sort of caught our eye, uh, that, you know, they were sort of more of the same. I, I, I mentioned to Jim earlier, I said, you know, uh, we, we're used to seeing Luke you know, all looking very tattered and you know, his hair is all messed up, looking crazy. I think there's some sort of rodent living in that beard of his. And then there's some other shots where he looks somewhat uh, groomed. So I don't know if he and uh, Ray find a spa on their way uh, from Octu to wherever they're going. Um, but he looks like maybe he's cleaned up his act a little bit. Not quite so uh, Grizzly Adams in his appearance. Um, maybe the Porgs groom him. Sort of like how those little birds would fly around Snow White. Yes. This is a Disney movie, Yes, right? that's called preening. So, yeah, so I think maybe he, they're preening his beard. They preen him. He gets preened. We get porg preening. preening. That's, that's kind of hard to say. That's a tongue twister. Hey, I, might, I also would like to note that we do see uh, 3PO and R2 on board the Falcon in this yes, we uh, do. Ryan Johnson uh, behind-the-scenes clip. Yes, we do. So those are some of the things that uh, we caught or that caught our eye. If something caught your eye, something you hadn't seen in a previous trailer or, uh, you know, something that uh, jumped out at you as being unique or special or a reveal, please let us know. Show at RebelForceRadio.com. DJ. Um, Oh, yes. Yes. DJ dressed up as an Imperial alongside Finn and Rose. Yes. uh, 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 First Order. Um, Oh, gosh. Yeah. First that, that's Thank okay. You. People said old I, habits. People said I kept referring to the new order again when we were doing the uh, trailer <laughs> review. 
Right. I think because that was the name of your hip hop group that you had in high school, Jim. So you know, Jimmy Mack and the New Order. Well, I, uh, that that was already uh, that name was already used when I was in high school. So, and I was not a fan necessarily. But yes, we do see we do see uh, DJ, aka yeah. uh, um, uh, Benicio del Toro, and he looks to be undercover infiltrating a new uh, first order. Hey. <laughs> You a know first what? Order since, facility. Yeah. Since you brought up DJ, yes. If you don't mind, I I got a little scoop here because our old pal Joel Kramer, dear friend of ours, um, he got a hold of the DJ action figure. Ooh, with the uh, with the force talk, whatever they call it. You know the thing with the the, the band. And so this is the first time we have heard any di- will have heard any dialogue from dj so do you want me to go ahead and play this yeah let's should go we, ahead and hear should this. we spoiler alert this let's spoiler, spoiler alert. alert why not some All people right. are considering action figures to be spoilers all right i haven't seen this reported online so um uh, joel uh, recorded this for us and let me uh, crank up the volume here So we got several lines here. We've got, ah, oh, for hut's sake. That's a good one. I think yeah. the most telling one is when he says, I'm a thief. Yeah. So it uh, appears like he's a, an underworld character, maybe another smuggler like Han Solo. I can help you get out of here. Is he the hacker that they've been talking about? We have heard news that he, he's some sort of hacker. Um, I don't know. I think that's pure speculation. I think he's a thief. I think he's more along the lines of Han Solo, a guy you hire in the cantina and, you mm-hmm. know, keep it real hush-hush, you know. No questions asked. A lot of people have been speculating online that due to the scars on DJ's cheekbone, that those scars align with the very same scars that uh, Lothal Street Urchin Ezra Bridger has. So people are thinking that he is an adult Ezra Bridger. Um, I I would like to note that Ezra has bright blue eyes. Meanwhile, Benicio Del Toro has darker brown eyes. Yeah, but look at Saw Gerrera. They kind of, they retconned that pretty well. They retconned nothing. Those are (laughs) contact lenses. But um, Borgullet know the truth. Borgullet knows where my contact lens solution is. I yeah, must they say soak. only your hairdresser and Borgullet knows the truth, right? But uh, but so so a lot of speculation online. Yeah. People thinking, oh my god, uh, Benicio del Toro is playing Ezra Bridger. There is some mystery about Benicio's character because he's known as DJ in quotes. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if that sticks or not. I don't really understand that. Um, you know, call him one thing, call him another. Uh, that, but calling a character DJ in quotes, it leads us to believe that there's some hidden history about that character that cannot be revealed in uh, 
like IMDb listings and things like that. So yeah, but I mean, it's right on the card of the action figure as well. So that it seems like it's going to stick. Um, I don't know if it's shown in quotes, but I know what you mean. It's been showing up in, in, in quotes in various places and maybe because, you know, there still is, or maybe at that time, there was no confirmation that that was indeed the name. But uh, yeah, definitely shrouded in mystery, that's for sure. This, this uh, behind-the-scenes reel premiered, as I said, on usatoday.com with a very short interview with Ryan Johnson. You know, this is all sort of from his perspective, this video. Uh, he even gets a little choked up as he's talking about, you know, what a, what a moment this was for him to be helming this film and to be on the Millennium Falcon. That seems to be a, a high point for everybody. Gareth Edwards asked the same way when he saw Borgullet. <laughs> he was weeping like a fool. A <laughs> um, couple of things, a couple of interesting uh, quotes. You know, they, they ask him about, you know... Um, are you going your own way with this film? You know, from the look of The Last Jedi, it looks like you're going your own way. And he said that, I feel like I know, I knew after he said that, when I first read the script of The Force Awakens, I feel like I knew these characters instantly. And now we're going to have to put them through a meat grinder. And part of that meat grinder is, he talks about, just imagine the moral courage that it takes for Finn, who risked it all to get away from the First Order, to come back, put on that uniform. And, you know, he said that, you know, it comes back to what's the thing that would be the toughest to throw at each of these people. So Finn, going back to the First Order that he spent, you know, the, all of uh, the, the last Jedi or of The Force Awakens trying to get away from, with Rey, it very well may be you know, that old adage, be careful, you know, never meet your heroes, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. The toughest thing for Ray would be to be rejected by the person who she believes is, you know, holds the answers to everything she's ever wanted to know. I mean, it was Maz Kanata who said, that, you know, what you seek is not behind you. It's in front of you. Um, and she says, Luke Skywalker. So that's that's the path that she's on. And, and so... Talk about, uh, you know, the toughest thing to throw at people. Uh, he does talk about Poe Dameron. We were just talking about Poe. And he says, you know, Poe's got growing to do. Um, Leia saw potential in him in The Last Jedi. Um, and we dig into that more. We see how heroic he is. And now we're going to see him challenged in terms of stepping up to the next level. It takes more than heroics to be a leader. Mm -hmm. Um why, why, why does he need to be a leader? I mean, doesn't he? Well, I mean, he's a leader in the cockpit. He's their best pilot. Why does he need to take it a step further? Why does he need to be the leader? I thought Leia was the leader. I thought well, it could have something to do with with Leia. Now, right. he, they do ask. They said, look, it's going to be an emotional couple of months getting ready to release the movie and seeing it again with Carrie as part of this universe. Um, he says, yes, having. These scenes in the film recontextualize tragically with her not being here anymore. It's incredibly emotional for the next few months, seeing the fans process the loss and celebrate her as Leia one last time. It's going to be intense. I think it's going to be really sad, but really joyful. I hope she really kicks butt as General Leia. So I'm happy for that. So there you go, Jim. You might be on to something. Why does Poe need to stand, uh, you know, 
step up, step mm-hmm. up his game? Why does he need to become a leader? Is he the heir apparent? Yes. The heir apparent. Uh, you know, one hell of a pilot, but maybe he's going to turn out to be one heck of a politician as well, one heck of a general, one heck of a leader of the rebellion. I believe we uh, see a glimpse of the, that transition happening yeah. In the Last Jedi trailer, if you watch closely, he has an emotional moment at one point when he's talking about taking down the First Order. And I believe that there is an event that will fuel that emotion within him. And we'll see it happen in The Last Jedi. Whether or not I that... Right. I mean, I, I don't know, you know if that event necessarily means the end of Leia, which we consider something that is inevitable... Um, yeah, uh, maybe it is. I, I was just sensing the emotion from him in the trailer. When you look at just that brief little moment where they show a close up of him and his face looks like it's awash with emotion. And he's he's providing a pep talk on why they need to defeat the First Order. And we just get a little taste of it right at that moment. But I think that's a transition moment for or Poe Dameron in the film where he steps up from being just simply hotshot pilot to someone who's going to lead this movement and really make a difference. Yeah. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm a little thirsty. What do you say we uh, saddle in the cantina, see what Ashley Eckstein is up to? Well, that's great, Jason. Uh, unfortunately, you couldn't be with us. Uh, we, I talked to Ashley earlier today. And uh, so we oh, I was trying to keep up the illusion, but uh, <laughs> well, you're right. people aren't going to hear I'm not going to be there. So, oh, hold on. <laughs> oh, go without me. Oh, no. Leave me here! Oh, well, Ashley Eckstein is on hold right now, ready to join us. Star Wars, Star Wars Cantina. Where are you going, Master? For a drink. Sorry about the mess. You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. We must be cautious. Hello? Hey, Ashley. Hey, Jimmy Mac. How's it going? It's going great. It's going really good. How, how are things with you? Oh, good. Good. I'll tell you, it's been far too long. Well, it has been a while since we've talked, hasn't it? It's been a yeah. while. And, and, you know, despite the fact that we haven't seen Ahsoka in Rebels since then, it seems like you've been everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, yeah, it has been a while. So, End of Rebels season two, so we've had a whole season of Rebels in between. Now a new one starting, and um, yeah, the, <laughs> <laughs> I, her her universe has been keeping me busy. And then, of course, Force is a destiny, so we've had a little bit of Ahsoka in there too. But absolutely, um, yeah, yeah. So, but I'm excited to chat with you today. Oh, me too, me too. Um, as far as Rebels goes, I mean, obviously, I know you're you're not talking uh, Rebels much, um, especially since Dave Filoni said we can expect uh, reveals unlike we've never seen before and things like that. So uh, I, I'm not even going to attempt yeah. to go down that road. Yeah, I mean, all obviously all I can say is what, you know, Dave has said publicly that, you know, we'll see Ahsoka again uh, in, what, in what form. Um, can't, really, can't really say, but we'll see her again. Wow. That's amazing. And, and well, it's it's just great because she is such a fan favorite. And every once in a while, you must think back to those times when you were voicing the character and the show had not debuted. The the movie had not come out yet. And, and you had to keep it totally top secret 
and and play your cards, you know, keep them close to your chest as far as who Ahsoka is and how she fits in the Star Wars and everything. And nowadays, it's it's completely different. I mean, who doesn't know who Ahsoka is? Who's not always talking? But <laughs> I mean, it, it's come a long way. I almost remember the first time I actually heard about Ahsoka was. Uh, I think it was George Lucas. He let it slip in some sort of press conference or something. And everyone was scratching her head going, oh, my God, Anakin Skywalker has a Padawan. But then I guess that must have meant a, a little bit of relief to you. Then you might be able to start talking about the character. Do you ever think back to those times before the show was released? Oh, yeah. It, well, it's it's so funny because... You know, I think back to those times and it seemed like the hardest thing I ever had to do um, was keep that secret for so long. Uh, you know, especially, um, you know, they, I'll be honest, they scared the living daylights out of us. Um, you know, that if it got out, um, you know, obviously we'd be in so much trouble. So um, it seemed like such a hard secret to keep it, you know, from friends and, and even family and even my husband for the longest time. Um, but in hindsight, that actually was an easier time because you're right, nobody knew about Ahsoka. So even if I did talk about it, they'd probably laugh at me and think I was making it up. <laughs> um, so, you know, now fast forward to today, um, you know, when everyone does know about her and everyone does want, you know, information, uh, it's like every single like facial tick <laughs> is like looked into of whether I'm telling the truth or whether I'm lying. Um, what do I know? What don't I know? So, um, I really have to, to hold my, what do they say? Hold your cards close to your vest a little bit. Yeah. You know, has, has that changed much? Have you noticed just the way that people approach you and talk about Ahsoka, how has that changed compared to those early days when we were just getting to know Ahsoka? Well, you know, a lot has changed, and, and I always have to remind you of this, um, but I'm so thankful, you know, to, to you and Jason. You were my first interview ever, <laughs> um, and it was during a time when a lot of people did not, not like Ahsoka, <laughs> <laughs> mm. Um, you know, it was, it was tough to, to hear, you know, some of the dislike in the beginning and, um, the fact that you guys welcomed me with such open arms and were so kind, uh, meant the world to me. So, um, I'm forever grateful for that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was definitely, you know, a different time back then. Um, you know, you very much had two different, you know, camps of people. You had the people that really disliked Ahsoka, um, you know, and, and sometimes flat out hated Ahsoka and they were very vocal about it. Mm -hmm. And then you had the fans that loved her from the beginning. And, you know, especially the female fans who were so grateful to finally have a Jedi and a female Jedi that was a lead in the Star Wars universe. I think, you know, we live in such an exciting time where for female fans, we have characters like Ray and Jin and Sabine and Hera and all of these awesome characters. But, you know, as as you would remember, back in the day, Ahsoka was, you know, aside from Leia and, and Padme, in terms of lead characters, Ahsoka was it. And especially she was the first female character, you know, that they put a lightsaber in her hands. Mm -hmm. So um, it was groundbreaking. 
And, um, you know, so you had the whole kind of, you know, group of fans that really appreciated, um, you know, having a female Jedi to look up to. And, you know, mostly that was kids and, and girls. And it's I, I love, love, love hearing it today where, you know, those kids in 2008 are now grown up, you know, they're in college and starting their careers. And, you know, I, I hear story after story of how Ahsoka inspired them. And, um, you know, it's, it's just amazing that, that she's amazing. kind of spanned a generation. That is amazing. So maybe it was just the fans who didn't care much for Ahsoka were just the more vocal fans. Meanwhile, the younger kids who the show was really targeted for to begin with, let's face it, they were the ones who were really making that connection with the character. Is there a time that you can recall where you said, hey, you know, maybe this is turning the corner here. Maybe people are really starting to like and accept Ahsoka. Yeah, you know, I I did start to see um, Ahsoka's kind of popularity turn the corner in um, at the end of the first season mm-hmm. because we were already we were we were always a season ahead in recording, um, you know, from what the fans were seeing. We were you know a whole season ahead, and so I knew from the beginning, like when the movie came out, and some people were frustrated with how snippy or bratty they thought she was. I would just ask fans for their patience and ask them, you know, to stick with her because I already knew, you know, just the arc that she had gone on in season one. And sure enough, I feel like she started to pique people's interest after season one. Um, She garnered a little more respect in season two. But then by the end of season three, I feel like is when she really connected with the fans. And I, I think like she had finally earned everyone's trust at that point. And there were so many groundbreaking moments that happened for her character in season three. Specifically, I always reference the Mortis trilogy, and that happened in the back half of season three. And here you had Ahsoka going on this this spiritual force journey with um, two of the biggest characters in Star Wars, Anakin and Obi-Wan, and certainly showing that her path was one that... Uh, well, certainly interesting to fans. I mean, for crying out loud, she she was killed off in, in that story arc only to be brought back via the power of the Force. And we still have questions about that whole story arc, whether or not it actually happened to these characters, whether or not they were uh, perhaps they were sharing a Force vision or there's just a lot of metaphor involved in the telling of that story. Um But uh, I think that was a big turning point for her character was uh, the Mortis trilogy. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a huge turning point for her. And it's actually, you know, one of my favorite arcs of the whole series. Um, Of course, I love the finale of season five. That's probably my favorite of all of them. But the Mortis trilogy is is a close second. And, um, you know, I think that we got to see, you know, since we got to see so many varieties of older Ahsoka, dark side Ahsoka, um, you know, uh, just regular Ahsoka, but Ahsoka kind of stepping up. Um, you know, in those episodes. And so um, I think that is, you know, that's part of when she turned the corner. And then obviously the the arc, you know, where um, Ahsoka meets Chewbacca, I feel like, you know, was her first kind of solo journey, truly, uh, where, you know, she had learned enough from Anakin, and she was able to really save herself. And she even says at the end, you know, it's because of you, Anakin, and your, and your training is, is, you know, how she 
was able to get out of the situation she was in. Um, so by, I remember by the end of season three, uh, is when people, I feel like, you know, Ahsoka really clicked for them. And even for me, I I found myself on a panel with Peter Mayhew and my mind was blown. So I was like, Oh my gosh, how am I on a panel with Peter Mayhew? Um, so even me as a part of the star Wars family, I, I just felt like such a a member of the family and I, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. Yeah. You know, thanks for reminding me about that, that Wookiee arc featuring Ahsoka and uh, the, the Trandoshan hunters coming after the Wookiees and everything. That was a fantastic arc and one that unfortunately I am not seen for a while. I think I'm going to have to go back and watch that one. Keep my eye open for all the things that you're talking about specifically, but yeah, Hey, you know, here's, here's a, a blast from the past. I, I dug up this email because I was trying to think to myself, when was the first time I actually even heard of Ahsoka or I actually heard your name, Ashley Eckstein, in connection with Star Wars? And I dug up this this email from July 2008. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's, it's, it's from a listener named Whitney who says, I haven't seen this anywhere, so I want to let everyone know. Great news. I was just reading Ashley Eckstein's website, and it says this. Ashley is the voice of the new character Ahsoka Tano in the upcoming Star Wars The Clone Wars movie and television series. Then Whitney goes on to say, I love Ashley and her husband, David Eckstein. They used to live in St. Louis when David played for the Cardinals, and that's when I first fell in love with Ashley. Now I check her website all the time and stay up on what she and David are doing. I loved her roles in blue-collar TV, and I can't wait to see her in the new Star Wars movie. So that was the first time I actually ever heard your name, Ashley Eckstein. <laughs> wow. Wow. That, what a kind email from Whitney. Um, that's, that's so nice. Uh, but, but yeah, it's, it's crazy to think back to 2008. Yeah. Um, when, when it all began. <laughs> I, I remember looking you up on IMDb after I got this email and I was like, oh, okay. She was Jan Brady in that one Brady. Button. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, she's, she's Buffy from, uh, from Raven. Oh, this is going places now. <laughs> well, that, that actually wasn't in my favor at first. Oh. I remember there was a little backlash with Star Wars fans, um, they were like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe they put a Disney Channel actress in Star Wars. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I remember thinking, you know, because, you know, I was such a Star Wars fan. And, um, I, you know, I just wanted so badly to prove to everyone that um, that I like Star Wars, too, that I wasn't just, you know, like this actress that was taking this amazing Star Wars role for granted um, because I, I never did. And I still, you know, I still don't take it for granted today. Like I'm just so humbled and honored to be a part of the Star Wars franchise. Um, but yeah, I remember in the beginning people were like, Oh my gosh, who's this Disney channel (laughs) actress that is a part of Star Wars now? She's going to ruin it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I listen, I love Star Wars, but that's so Raven is one of my uh, all time guilty pleasures. And, uh, (laughs) so you got bonus points from me. It's like, yes, it's about time. We mashed up Star Wars and that's so Raven. It's about, time <laughs> thanks jimmy Matt. oh sure yes uh you you can always uh know where to go uh to when you you're want to look for the uh the middle-aged that's so raven <laughs> fan club uh the, the membership is uh really thriving with uh, me and uh oh let me take a head count here oh it's just me um <laughs> <laughs> no i don't know my my husband likes those shows with me too i mean he appreciates a good episode of boy meets world <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, I would love to just sit down on a Sunday and watch some uh, NFL football with uh, David and then maybe, you know, flip over to the Disney Channel for a little while uh, during halftime, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, that that would be perfect. <laughs> that would be perfect for me. But yeah, that that's uh, the first time I I heard of you, and I was like, oh, cool. She's married to David Eckstein. Obviously, I I've, I've known uh, your husband for a long time. Uh, you know, as a cardinal, and um, as a padre, and uh, and uh, you know, great ball player. Yeah, what what a long way we've we've come from the day I was getting that email. Going, let's see, Ashley X Eckstein. I think I called you back then. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. People still do. <laughs> well, well, I got the name right now, but uh, yeah. But so that's the old days, the early days. And um, as we look in the past, I also want to look into the future because a lot of fans like to talk about the potential of a live action Ahsoka movie. And uh, I don't think I ever picked your brain about that. Um, you know, not not asking you if 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 you have a, a part in anything like that or if anything's even going to happen but um just w- what do you think about when when you consider the potential of a live action ahsoka movie well i i i will tell you just even the thought of the potential mm-hmm. of you know a live action ahsoka movie or even just ahsoka being in live action you know you know whatever the the you know the film may be um, it just is so exciting. I mean, obviously being a part of Ahsoka from the beginning, the thought that she, you know, um, could transition to live action, uh, is just beyond exciting. And so I hope, you know, as a, a fan and as, you know, a part of Ahsoka, I really, really, really hope that happens. Um, do I have any inside information? I absolutely do not. <laughs> and that is the honest truth. I, I, I wish I had inside information. I don't. Um, I, I do think, you know, and I appreciate the fans asking for it because I do think, you know, the more fans ask for it, um, the more likely it is to happen. So, um, I, I, you know, I really appreciate all the fans asking and, you know, I, I will say, um, you know, people ask me all the time, would I love to play her? And I will tell you absolutely. Yes. I mean, it would be beyond a dream come true to play Ahsoka, um, in live action. And so, you know, it's something, um, that if I ever had the opportunity for, if, if I was right for the role, um, you know, I hope I would have the opportunity to be considered um, because it would it would literally just be a dream come true. I feel like Ahsoka is literally a part of my soul at this point um, and, and, you know, would love to play it if given the opportunity. Well, it would be fantastic. I know the fans would love it. I, I think that would be pretty unique, too, to have a voice actress appear as the character she made famous in a motion picture or in some sort of live action. We see it happen the other way around a lot. I mean, even just this last week in Star Wars Rebels, we had Forrest Whitaker returning to play Saw Gerrera, you know, but he'd already played that character on screen. So I I think it would be really cool to have a voice actress then move up to play the character in a live action. So, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll just wait and see. We're patient. We're patient. We, we can wait. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the funny thing is, is I, um, you know, I started my career only in live action. Uh, I voiceover actually, Ahsoka was my first big role. I kind of fell into voiceover, um, and you know, it's obviously become what I'm most known for. But my my background and training actually is in live action and you know, in front of the camera. So, um, you know, of course, I'd I'd have to. 
I'd have to uh, train very hard to (laughs) to learn her insane um, fighting skills. Uh, But, um, you know, it's something that as an actress, that something like that would just be a dream come true. Oh, I know you could do it. There's no question about it, especially the physical stuff. I know David, he makes sure that uh, everyone under that roof is staying in tip top shape at all times, conditioned (laughs) and ready to go. Major league ready. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. I know this for a fact, but you know what? You're right, though. It'll happen if fans demand it. So uh, let's take to the Twitter and social media and really push for that Ahsoka movie. Uh, there have been no Star Wars films announced beyond Star Wars Episode Nine, and, uh, you know, standalone films. Uh, that's a happening thing, and an Ahsoka movie would be great. What, what story would you like to uh, hear being told about Ahsoka in a live-action film? Like, what period in her life or her career as a Padawan or beyond? What, what do you think would be ripe for a good story? Oh, geez. Um, you know, I... <laughs> I, I would leave that up to Dave Filoni. I, I think I think that's that's my only wish is you know I hope Dave Filoni continues to mm-hmm. tell Ahsoka's story. Um, you know he's just been so instrumental in not only creating Ahsoka but you know building her arc over all of these years. Um, and the storylines that he comes up with are way better than anything I could ever imagine. <laughs> Right. So, um, so I, you know, I, I would just leave that up to him. Um, and I just hope that if it ever happens, he's the one bringing it to life. Um, and, and he's involved in, in some way and, and hopefully creating it and directing it. Um, but you know, I will say uh, the story that I hope we get, you know, uh, to tell in some medium, some way, I mean, if you look at, um, the untold, uh, Ahsoka stories, the the panel from um, Celebration London, you know, where Dave and Pablo um, walked us through kind of the untold stories of Ahsoka, you know, when Anakin, you know, presented Ahsoka with, um, you know, her own, tro- her own troopers, uh, you know, and they had, um, you know, their, their armor was, was painted with Ahsoka's, you know, tattoos. And, uh, that's when I officially lost it on the Mm -hmm. panel and started crying. Um, but obviously, um, that entire storyline, and I know, you know, the fans, they've been asking for that, you know, quite a bit. So I just hope that uh, we get more of that storyline at some point. Um, you know, obviously the entire siege of Mandalore, but, um, you know, uh, I, I don't know. I think knowing Dave Filoni, he probably has a story in his mind that nobody even knows about. That'd be like the coolest story ever. And um, that's the one, you know, I, I'd want to tell. So I leave it up to him. I like it. I like it. Uh, does Dave ever drive you crazy? Like when he appears on stage at Star Wars Celebration and he has a shirt on that says Ahsoka <laughs> lives with a question mark. Then the lights go down and all of a sudden the shirt says Ahsoka lives with an exclamation mark. Uh, would you look at him and say, Dave, what are you doing? You're going to be putting me through all of this questioning and interrogations. 
Yes, he does. He does. And the funny thing is, is I'm not in on these secrets. Like I find out about them when everyone else does. Um, you know, I had no clue about his shirt. Uh, in fact, I had a conflict um, at the same time during that panel. So I, I wasn't there. And um, all of a sudden, like my Twitter account starts blowing up. And then, you know, everyone comes to my uh, autograph line and starts talking about um, yeah. Um, sorry. I, I, I'm in my office and I have a glass door. So, um, so people walk past my office uh-huh. and they can, they can see me. And because, uh, we're on Skype, it looks like I'm just talking to my computer screen. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so people don't realize that I'm on an interview. So I apologize. I, somebody just came up to my door for a second. Oh, no, um, I'm good. multitasking today, Got it. but, um, but, uh, but yeah, so Dave's uh, t-shirt, you know, he didn't tell me about it. And so I see him afterwards and I'm like, why didn't you tell me about your t-shirt? <laughs> and, um, he of course coyly is like, what t-shirt? <laughs> I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's typical Dave. So if everyone, if anyone thinks I'm in on the secret, I am so not in on the secret. I find out when everyone else is. He, Dave likes to toy with my emotions. He's he's like that. He's like that. He yeah. likes to uh, he likes to mess with people's heads sometimes. And Lord knows he's done it to me and Jason plenty of times. <laughs> and uh, so he'll keep that secret to himself until it's time to reveal it. He'll keep any of those special stories he might be stashing away in the back of his head about an Ahsoka movie or potentially uh, expanding her story uh, down the future. Because I think there is a future for Ahsoka beyond what Dave's t-shirt says. I I definitely think uh, we'll be hearing more from Ahsoka. There are plenty of stories left to be told about her. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, you are actually involved in telling some of Ahsoka's story. A new book out now, Star Wars from a Certain Point of View, celebrating the 40th anniversary of the original Star Wars with 40 short stories from a variety of authors. And the story, uh, By Whatever Son, by E.K. Johnson and Ashley Eckstein. How did you get involved in uh, now actually uh, you know, expanding your, your uh, reach with the character to... Uh, the pages of a novel. How did that happen? Um, you know, this is a funny story, actually. I, um, the, <laughs> the, the book team reached out to me uh, pretty early on. I think I was one of the first people because it was um, right as the Ahsoka book tour was going on. Um, and so I was kind of hitting the road and, and going to all the Barnes and Nobles with E.K. Johnston and, um, you know, uh, doing that book tour. And so, uh, DKM, the Lucasfilm team reached out to me and asked me if I'd be a part of this project. And, um, of course I said yes immediately. Like I didn't even think about it. Right. It was like, Oh my gosh, you want me to write a chapter for a retelling of a new hope? Yes, yes, yes. Um, and then panic set in <laughs> and, and I was like, what did I just agree to? I can't write a really cool chapter for a Star Wars book. <laughs> and so they, you know, they called me down and they said, you know, um, we'll help you. Don't worry. You know, why don't you uh, just watch the film and, and pick out, you know, the, the chapter that you'd want to do. And luckily, because it was early on, I, I had my choice of almost the whole film. Mm-hmm. So I watched the movie again, like really closely to try to look at, you know, what chapter would I want to do from another character's point of view. And I looked at the, you know, obviously the last scene, um, the celebration scene at, at the end, 
um, really stuck out to me because I looked at it and it looked like mostly men in the audience. And, um, you know, and obviously Princess Leia in that scene is so iconic. And I thought, hmm, there needs to be a female in that audience. And I bet she would just be enamored by Princess Leia, like just in awe of her, you know, regalness and beauty and, and power and, um, strength. And so, you know, I asked them, I said, you know, I don't know if I have to fight for this scene or not. And I said, cause I know this is such a popular scene in the, in the film, but can I get the last scene and, you know, can I tell it from, um, a female character's point of view? Uh, and luckily nobody else had taken it. So I called dibs first <laughs> and, um, and then since I was on the Ahsoka book tour, um, you know, there's two new female characters in the Ahsoka book called Caden and Miara and their sisters. And the more I was thinking about it, I was like, oh my gosh, this, you know, this makes sense. Cause I know how everything in Star Wars is connected now. Mm-hmm. And I was like, one of these two characters would be in the crowd. You know, it just makes sense. So, um, but at that point, I really knew that I couldn't write it because E.K. Johnston had created these characters. So I basically went um, to Kate and I said, okay, (laughs) so I kind of said yes to this chapter. Um, I'm too terrified to write it, but more so it's, I, I think it should be your characters, which means I think you should write it. And here's what I picked. Here's what I'm thinking. Do you think you could take it from here? And luckily she said yes. And so that's what she did. I, I can't take any credit for the writing. I can only take credit, you know, kind of for the concept and, and actually picking the chapter. Oh, well, you know, and then obviously um, narrating the chapter for the audiobook. That was great too. I really enjoyed it, and I enjoyed hearing you uh, narrate the Ahsoka audiobook as well. Uh, just really adds a whole other layer to the the experience of hearing those stories. Is actually hear your voice telling them. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You know, that was another terrifying incident because I I clearly have a problem saying no when it comes to Ahsoka or Star Wars. And, um, you know, I actually I actually kind of threw my my name in the ring first because of the fans, the fans, you know, when they heard about the Ahsoka book, they were like, hey, wouldn't it be great if Ashley narrated the audiobook. So I just threw it out there to Lucasfilm. I said, Hey, if you're interested, I, I would love to narrate the audiobook. Well, when they called me and asked me, of course I said yes right away. And then panic set in again <laughs> because I realized I would have to voice all the other characters, which included Darth Maul and Bail Organa and and I was just terrified. <laughs> so and actually since you know Dave, I, I have a funny story for you. I I called Dave on the way in to re, to recording that day, and I just said, "Hey, Sky Guy, I, I don't know what I'm gonna do because I have to voice Darth Maul. I have to voice Bail Organa. This this is I think this is gonna go bad really quickly." <laughs> <laughs> and and he said he started laughing. He's like. Don't don't try to do the other voices. He said, just change your inflection, but read it as though Ahsoka is just telling you a story. Ah. Ahsoka actually reading you a bedtime story almost. So I went into the first record session thinking that that's what I was going to do. Well, 
it went badly very quickly. <laughs> and all of a sudden, um, I decided for some reason to start doing all of these different voices. <laughs> so <laughs> the, the first couple takes, um, you know, they, I really did try to do a Darth Maul. Um, I, uh, the Caden and Miara actually were going to be the first Southern Jedi. I actually gave them Southern twang. Oh, it's about time. Yeah. Yeah. So I did a whole day of recording and then I called Dave the next day, like a, like, you know, like a, like, like with a dog with, uh, with a tail between its legs. And I'm like, Hey, sky guy, um, I think you're going to be mad at me. <laughs> <And> he's <laughs> like, Oh no, snips. What'd you do? <laughs> and, and I'm like, I think I might've just created the first Southern Jedi. <laughs> and he was like, Oh no, you didn't. <laughs> Oh, I think it's great. I just want to hear a Jedi Knight say, may the force be with y'all. <laughs> right? Know. I mean, wouldn't that it, be how it would work? <laughs> it, it was so bad. Like, I don't even know how to explain to you. It was so bad. And so, thankfully, the director of the audiobook, um, he was a wonderful, wonderful director. He directs most of the audiobooks. He agreed with me. I went back in. I said, "Look, we have to, we have to re-record all of these lines." <laughs> oh, you know, and the, the recording and nightmare, the the uh, recording audio engineer's nightmare. We have to redo yes. it all. No. Yes. No. It was. It was. Um, luckily, we were only one day in. It. It took thirty. I think thirty-five hours to record the book. So. It was a lengthy, lengthy process, and I, I discovered how poorly I speak. My grammar is just terrible. Oh, now, is that you giving yourself a critique, or was someone in there saying, uh, you might want to pronounce it this way? Uh, no, it, it was somebody telling me I was mispronouncing my words. Um, <laughs> it's, it's really because when somebody's following along on a book, especially if it's a young reader's book, um, you know, they're learning to read oftentimes with these audiobooks. And so if you don't pronounce it exactly as it's spelled, it it can really, you know, it it can kind of mess up the the reader. So um I I I discovered that I say many words incorrectly and I don't say them clearly enough. <laughs> Have you ever heard that classic audio outtake of William Shatner recording? <laughs> Have you ever heard this? I so I I don't know if I've heard it, but Tom Kane tells that story. Um, you know, it's like legendary. So I, I've I've heard him tell the story a couple times, um, and it's it's very funny. He says it's very funny. He says, uh, "Spock sabotage the system" or something along those lines. And the, the <laughs> engineer says, "Could you say sabotage?" He's like, what? I'm, I'm saying it the way I say it. And it's, it's a really uncomfortable moment. Uh, I'll tell you what. I'll send you the audio clip so you can hear it for yourself. And maybe it'll bring back some uh, some fun memories for you. <laughs> that would, yeah, that would be great. <laughs> I will tell you. And and if you know me, I'm, I'm, I, I, don't re- I don't really have a, a potty mouth. But um, I couldn't say the word asked. Oh. I kept on dropping off. K E D. So I kept on having to redo the word asked 
<laughs> well, you got it down now, thank God, because this is a family yeah, show. Exactly. But if you know me, like I, I'm, I'm not really a foul-mouthed person. Um, and so it's kind of funny that that was the word I had the hardest time with. I couldn't even imagine you uh, uh, using a string of profanities in any sort of situation. So uh, those outtakes must be solid gold as far as I'd be considered. (laughs) And I'd love to hear the outtakes, too, but uh, I'm going to have to make some friends in high places to do that. But uh, so do you have any interest in continuing your audiobook career? Uh, If there's another Ahsoka novel, maybe uh, you'll throw your uh, hat in the ring again. I will tell you if it if it ever has to do with Ahsoka, I would love to continue to do it. Um, but but I don't know. I you know as as clearly we've learned from this show, I have a terrible problem with saying no. So <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you never know. But you know if it has to do with Ahsoka, I would love to do it. I mean it's it really is an honor to look back and and I've done Ahsoka's voice for everything. Every single show, every single game, every single toy, every single book. So, um, you know, anywhere I can, I would love to continue to, uh, you know, bring Ahsoka to life, um, at least with her voice. How neat is that to grab an action figure, an Ahsoka action figure, and hear your voice coming from it or uh, or some sort of toy? Or, I mean, that must be just an incredible thrill for you. It's definitely crazy. I I will say, I mean, and that part never gets old as well. Um, You know, all these years in even like every toy, every action figure, every, um, every show, every, you know, (laughs) every convention, you, you never get a, you never get tired of it. I, I never take it for granted. It's, it's always a humbling experience. And, and now, I mean, he's still a little young, but, um, my nephew just learned how to say star Wars for the first time and he's two and, um, he's already fallen in love with BB eight. And so now to, to get to introduce him to star Wars, um, and Ahsoka and Clone Wars from the beginning. I just can't wait. I am so excited. It's great to share Star Wars with kids. Um, when my uh, youngest son, Dylan, was, uh, he must have been about uh, six years old when uh, Clone Wars made its debut, and Ahsoka certainly meant a lot to him. We actually went to the first screening of the Clone Wars movie. And there were representatives there from the studio giving out free T-shirts and stuff. And they held up an Ahsoka shirt. And Dylan elbowed me in the rib so hard and gave me a look like, we're not going home unless I have that T-shirt in my possession, you understand? <laughs> and I got lucky. I was able to snack one so, uh, for yeah. him. And it was, I mean, he, he wore that thing until it was uh, just completely falling apart. And, uh, he, you know, uh, th- th- to see that sort of connection that kids have uh, when, when they start to get Star Wars and they start making yeah. a connection, a personal connection, and they say to themselves, wow, I really like it. I really love this character, Ahsoka. I want to see more of her. I want to learn more about what her story is. That's That's just such a great moment to share with kids. It really is. It really is. And to me, sharing Star Wars with kids especially is just what brings me so much joy because Star Wars is is such a positive story. It's a story of hope to me. It, it you know, it there's so many great lessons to be learned from it and to be able to teach such powerful lessons but through such a cool medium, you know, as, as such as Star Wars, um, ha- has really been neat. And I've, I've seen, you know, firsthand now, uh, you know, watching a, an entire generation of kids grow up with Clone Wars. Um, 
I've literally seen Star Wars change lives. Um, and that just blows my mind. I mean, I, I, I think, you know, what I hope for every new actor that joins the franchise, I really hope that they understand the power that they have by being a part of this franchise. And when I say the power, I mean the power to do good. And, um, you know, there's very few shows and, and franchises where you have that much power. But because of Star Wars, it's given me a platform to be almost like a real life Ahsoka. You know, I often think, what would Ahsoka do? And it's it's like, how can I bring this character to my everyday life? And, you know, I hope this new crop of actors, as they continue to come in, realize the power that they have, the power to do good. Well, I'm sure if they, they just take a look at the example you're setting uh, I mean it just takes a minute or two to see the the impact I I've stood there with you as fans approach girls would come up to you and they would show you uh, an article of clothing they created and uh, it, it, it's just uh, you can feel the impact that you're making on uh, fans especially young fans and you continue to do so by applying your voice as Ahsoka in things like Star Wars Forces of Destiny. Uh, you've, you've contributed to several of those shorts. Most recently, there was a half-hour uh, special on uh, Disney XD, and it featured Ahsoka in, uh, I believe, three of those shorts. The one that stands out to me the most is Teach You, I Will, which features Ahsoka in Yoda in the Jedi Temple, and, uh, and uh, Yoda actually... Uh, throws down and gets into a little lightsaber duel with Ahsoka, which is something I never thought I'd see before. <laughs> I know that's, that's what I love about forces of destiny. I mean, it's, it's so quick to actually <clears throat> write off these shorts, you know, as like, Oh, it's just this, you know, thing for little kids, but it, it's actually not They're They're little slices of daily life for these characters that, you know, may not have been, big enough lessons that they would put in an episode of Clone Wars, but it's still giving you a nugget of information, a nugget of inspiration, um, you know, uh, of how these characters grew to become the characters we know and love today. Um, and, you know, there's another short that I recorded for Forces of Destiny that, you know, will come out later that um, is actually a, a storyline that all fans are going to want to know more about. So um, there's some really good information in these shorts. And, you know, what I love about it is that it is so accessible for you know, this new generation to learn about these characters and, and, and learn about Star Wars. Um, so I, I cannot wait. And Ahsoka's doll, I know everyone's asking her adventure doll. It is coming out, um, I was told, before the holidays. So um, you'll be able to get that at Target. And I know what I'm getting, like, every single little girl I can possibly <laughs> give a gift to this holiday season. I'm going to be buying them the the Ahsoka doll. I cannot wait. Oh, my God. I, I'm sure that's going to be on a lot of uh, young kids' lists, girls and boys, quite honestly. I was actually eyeballing some of those uh, those dolls in the store the other day, and <laughs> I was like, hmm. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, no, I, really, I have, a, I have such a collecting cool. problem. They are cool. They're, they're so well put together. Um, and yeah. that's uh, Forces of Destiny. The first special has already debuted, and uh, you can find it in its completion on YouTube. And then the second special is going to air October 29th at 8 p.m. Uh, Eastern and Pacific, and that's also on uh, Disney, the Disney Channel. 
actually, not Disney XD. So that's where people will be able to find it. And so you say that there's a short in there that you did that's really going to get some of us fans, us Ahsoka fans, talking, huh? Yeah. Yeah, there's a little nugget of information in there where, you know, not nothing major, um, but it's it's more about, you know, the relationships between these characters and Ahsoka and Yoda and Ahsoka and Anakin and Ahsoka and Padme. Um, and so you kind of get to see like, you know, for example, we knew Ahsoka and Padme were friends, but we didn't understand that sometimes Ahsoka went on missions just with Padme or they had dinner together or, sh- or that Ahsoka taught Padme to fly. And, you know, so there's you know, there's these little nuggets of information that you realize you're like, Hmm, that's how she found that out. Or that's why she knows that, or that's how she learned that. Um, so it's, it's an, it's an interesting show. I, I, I am really, really enjoying being a part of forces of destiny. Taking all those little nuggets of information and putting them together is what makes it an experience for us fans. And it makes characters like Ahsoka become much more rich, much more well-bodied and and figured out. So we'll be paying very close attention to uh, what's going to be happening there in a half-hour special that comes out here at the end of the month. And, uh, gosh, everything else you've been doing, what's going on with Her Universe? It's taken me this long to to ask you what's happening. Um, Her Universe still going strong. Uh, You're getting out there, going to the conventions, and uh, still making an impact uh, with female fans. Uh, you know, it's funny. I, I I think about this a lot because at first, when when her universe just first started happening, I, I think people were like, "Hmm, what, what do we do with this? What's it?" But but female fans just jumped into it and uh, really helped you expand, and that's been great because your mission has always been to um, change the perception that properties like Star Wars is just for boys. So um, at least this old school Star Wars fan sees what you're doing and and says, congratulations, I'm making such a difference. Oh, thank you so much. Um, but I, I will say, you know, it has truly been a group effort because, you know, especially um, you and Jason and helping me get the word out from the beginning and and the fans from, you know, from day one, I, I said, OK, I'm, you know, I'm going to take the first step and actually start this company and 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 actually start making this product. But if we actually want to debunk an entire stereotype, which is what it was, you know, the fact that they said that star Wars was just for men and boys, you know, we had a major stereotype to bring down. And so I knew from day one, it's like, if, if we want change, we have to do this together. So that's why I said, united, we stand divided, we fall. And, um, and, you know, it's, it's, it really is amazing. I feel like while relatively it's been a short amount of time, it's amazing to see how far we've come because in the beginning I was, I was flat out laughed out of rooms. You know, they said that girls would never buy Star Wars product made for them. And they, they told me flat out, they said there's no money in it. Um, you know, this is other companies that said that they had tried to sell the female fans and they just basically laughed at me. They said, you're never going to be able to do it. And, um, I just knew, you know, that I knew that they weren't right because the numbers said otherwise. You know, at the time, this is back in 2010, 45% of all convention goers were women. And so it's like there can't be that many women at the top conventions around the world and you can't tell me that they're not willing to buy stuff made for them. And so um 
you know, it, it was definitely a, a group effort, but, you know, then, you know, it went from people telling me it couldn't be done to still people saying that these properties were just for men and boys, that, that girls couldn't be interested in them. Um, and so, so fast forward to today, I mean, I feel like we've made major, major strides in saying, you know, that these stories are, that these stories are for everyone. And that's all we're trying to say. I, you know, I've never tried to say that Star Wars is just for girls because it's not. It's it's not just for men and boys. It's not just for women and girls. These stories are for everyone. And I think that's the message um, I want to continue to get out there. Well, you certainly have been a trendsetter. And we've seen a shift definitely in the way that licensees approach the way they they try to attract business and you're seeing expand beyond the boy toy aisle or the boys clothing section. And, uh, and, and it's all becoming much more accessible. And, uh, I think that you need to take a lot of credit for making it a something that needed to be talked about and b making it a reality. And uh, I, I think by doing so, um, if you weren't a fan girl icon already, you certainly are one now. And uh, I, I think that you've been extremely uh, inspirational. And um, I think Star Wars fans are just plain lucky to have you. Oh, goodness. Thank you so much, Jimmy Mack. I, I think, you know, I, the funny thing is, is I, I, I've, I recently reflected on on kind of my inspiration, you know, for her universe and, and really, um, you know, what did compel me to start at what was that tipping point that said, um, you know, where I said, I have to do this. And, uh, you know, after reading story after story, after story of, of girls being women and girls being bullied, um, for just liking star Wars and, and I know you remember the the message boards on the force.net. Um, you know, I read several stories of women that were on those message boards that said that they pretended to be men just so that they could have a conversation about Star Wars. And not just that message board, but it was just in general. Um, There's a lot of women that just they wouldn't be taken seriously. And that just broke my heart. I, I couldn't I couldn't imagine. And I mean, me as well. I, you know, I, the more I reflected on it, I, I've always been a Star Wars fan, but it's not like I, you know, kind of lived it as loud and proud as, as I do today because it just wasn't as widely accepted back then. Um, and so I took, I kind of took a step back and I thought somebody has to stand up for the female fan base. Somebody's got to do this. And I remember thinking, what would Ahsoka do? And honestly, Ahsoka would have stood up for fangirls. And when I realized that, I said, well, okay, I, I feel like I am a part of Ahsoka and I need to um, be like a real life version of her. And that that's kind of what pushed me over the edge to start it. Wow. So, I mean, your involvement in Star Wars has actually had such a profound effect on the way you live your life, both professionally <laughs> yes. and, and personally. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's really amazing. That's really amazing. I think it's rare in show business for someone to feel that level of connection to their character, to get motivated by that character. Because you hear a lot of actors say, 
well, you know, I'm not so-and-so. I'm me. I'm not the person you see on TV, or I'm not that character. And they say it because they don't want to live up to the standards of those characters a lot of times. It's too daunting. It's, you know, sometimes downright impossible. But you seem like you have embraced it. And I think that's really refreshing and, and special, actually. It's, it's very special. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I, you know, it's, there's something about Star Wars. As, as we all know, Star Wars is different. There you go. It's, it's not just a movie. It's not just an entertainment property. It's, it's, it's very much, in many ways, a way of life. And um, I just I, I felt such a weight on my shoulders when I became the voice of Ahsoka. That, and, and I've always been into you know, children's programming, especially, you know, understanding that how much power you have to make a positive impact on kids. And, you know, I, you know, obviously I did a lot of work for the Disney channel. So I did, I was already in children's programming, but Star Wars just, it was like a whole new ball game. And I, I just felt such a sense of responsibility. So, um, uh, yeah, I just didn't want to let people down. I thought, you know what, I won the lottery with this character and I feel like I need to do right by it. Wow. That's unbelievably inspirational. I'm so happy for you, and just congrats on your successes with Ahsoka. It just keeps on going. It uh, shows no sign of slowing down. Um, we thought the last time we would see you was when you were walking down those steps, uh, leading the <laughs> Jedi Temple back in uh, 2013, and uh, here you're everywhere with uh, Star Wars Rebels, Forces of Destiny, from a certain point of view, uh, audio books, uh, the Ahsoka audio book. Uh, you're at conventions. Do you have any future convention appearances coming up? Um, the conventions are done for the year, but um, I we have a lot of Star Wars coming up. I will tell you that much. We've been designing for Star Wars all year. Um, so we have several new episode eight new Star Wars designs coming to you know our various retail partners. Um, we have an exciting new activewear line coming to Kohl's that uh, will be released soon. We have um, Star Wars fashion coming to Disney, so you'll see us more in um, Disney parks and a little bit on Disney stores and. Um, you know, and then of course, hot topic and box lunch gifts and Torrid. And so I'm, I'm, I'm really excited because we've been working all year long that finally these Porg designs, I knew about the Porgs way before <laughs> anybody else did. <laughs> finally, like all of our designs are coming out. How exciting for you. And, and, and I'm looking at the homepage at uh, heruniverse.com and I see you wearing a That's So Raven t-shirt. Holy smokes. <laughs> yeah. That's so Raven t-shirt. Now, now are there men's sizes available for the That's So Raven t-shirt? <laughs> you know, there there's not. I had I known that you were a That's So Raven like male contingent, I would have made you one, Jimmy Mac. But um but yeah, I I have to say it's it's really actually been a, a cool dream come true. Um I got to meet with the Disney Channel earlier this year. And I said, hey, you know, I'm such a big fan and I know a lot of people are too. You know, could I do a little collection with you? So, um, yeah, I, I don't know when I became retro because we're calling these the retro retro shows and these are retro tees. And I'm like, wait a minute. I was on one of those shows. <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying? 
So we're... now I guess I'm vintage Jimmy Mac. <laughs> <laughs> you're vintage. You're retro. You're. <laughs> you're you're a, you're a flashback, um, but yeah, you know what? Totally. The, the, so so no, her universe shirts uh, that's so Raven shirts for men. So I might have to start up his universe, and it'll be nothing but that's so Raven t-shirts for men. <laughs> well, I will tell you, I I recently um, well I've been teasing it all year, but um, so I'll tease it again, and you'll hear more about it next year. But we are going to be doing some men's fashion next year. We are um, going to start doing product for for men and boys, um, and it's actually going to be called Our Universe. Wow. Um, so I, I actually did have the trademark for his universe, and the more we thought about it, we you know we discussed it as a team, and we thought you know. What what has our mission statement been from the beginning? Our mission statement has been that, you know, this this world is for everyone. And this is our universe together. So we thought and you know, yes, her universe, I understand that's making a pretty strong statement. It's just for her. But at the same time, you know, with our next step into kind of like the broader broader world, we wanted to make a bigger statement and say that this is for everyone. So that's why it's gonna be our universe. Well, you know, it's it's been his universe for a pretty long time, uh, just in general. Yeah. So uh, I think there's there's always going to be a, a very special place for uh, her universe, no question about it. It's cool to see that you guys have uh, been branching out into things like uh, uh, mugs and lunchboxes. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, so I will say, and, and one thing I actually want to clear up, her universe is not going anywhere. All of the women's fashion, everything is still, and our main brand is still her universe, and that's not changing and, and will not change. Um, but the, the some of the other product is is not ours. Um, we you know we we wanted to obviously coming uh, and joining forces with Hot Topic. Um, I I you know as a fangirl myself, I have my favorite things. So they gave me the opportunity to start buying some other products. So her universe could be more of a one-stop shop, um, you know, for shoppers. So some of the, some of the other things um, on the website are what I call my favorite things. Got it. Got it. Yeah. It just makes it easier to, like you said, have a one-stop shop for that kind of stuff. And also it's good to see that the website is still doing the fangirl of the day. Uh, Certainly of, received uh my god hundreds of uh fangirl uh uh, uh entries uh, nominations over the years and uh that's still going strong yeah yeah i mean we started that in 2013 and you know my goal was to only do it just for a year and um you know i didn't think we'd have enough fangirls to go past a year and we are still going strong we we uh it was obviously down for about two to three weeks when we, um, when we, uh, joined forces with hot topic as we were redoing our website. But, um, but you know, it's back up and running and has been, um, for the year. And, and so if you think about it, it's almost 2018, um, you know, so almost four years of, of fangirls every single day. Um, so it's been really exciting. I can tell you, we have a huge database um, of people that have submitted already. So we have enough um, for the whole entire year ahead. So it's, it's really exciting. Well, it is very exciting. Heruniverse.com is the place to go and uh, find everything you need uh, from uh, Ashley Eckstein's awesome 
uh, Star Wars and uh, just, you know, fan fashion. It's not just Star Wars. If uh, you're into uh, all sort of different properties, you will find uh, great uh, articles of clothing and uh, cool fashion design at heruniverse.com. Ashley, I could talk to you all day. I, I feel like I, I, I think I already have, but I could keep talking to you for another day or two. You are so generous with your time, and we're really happy to see Ahsoka as a character continue to thrive in the galaxy. So thank you for all you do to contribute to that character and bring her to life. Well, thank you so much, Jimmy Mack. And it's, it's been such a pleasure to, um, to, you know, be able to call you a friend over all these years. You and Jason have been so good to me, so kind to me. And thank you for your support. I, I, it's, it's really surreal to be, you know, chatting what almost 10 years later. Um, so it's very exciting. Thank you for having me on. Wow. Well, you know what, we're, we're honored and, and, and it's, it's, it's us who should be thanking you. No, no question about it. Let's stay in touch. Uh, maybe we can, uh, talk again after uh this new uh, forces of destiny special debuts or uh, after rebels season wraps up in case there's anything we need to talk about after that and, uh, <laughs> i have a feeling you're gonna have some questions <laughs> yes that's that's all i need to uh to get <laughs> uh get my appetite prepared for uh what's going to be coming down so uh thank you again ashley give all my best to david and uh, keep doing what you're doing because uh, you certainly are extremely successful. And uh, like I said, as, as fans, we're lucky to have you on our side. Thank you so much, Jimmy Mack. Thanks, may the Ashley. Force be with you. Oh, and you. Take care. Oh, I should <laughs> say, may the force be with y'all. Yeah, may the force be with y'all. There it is. <laughs> Thanks, Ash. <laughs> talk to you later. Bye, Jimmy Mack. Good Bye-bye. to talk to you. The story goes, the loving grows. Still no one knows The fate of a soul Oh, I feel so much better now. Are you okay? (laughs) Yeah, we we missed you during our conversation. I know. I I tripped going into the cantina, that first step. You know, you have to step, step down. Uh, yes, yes, step down, step yeah, down. You know, no yeah. droids, no droids. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. You're doing the step down. Okay, well, yeah. you put some ice on that, okay? <laughs> yeah. well, it was really interesting to talk to Ashley, and it was great getting caught up with her and hearing about all the cool things she's up to. But the thing that I take out of that conversation is she did more than just simply hint that Ahsoka Tano was going to be returning in this final season of Star Wars Rebels. So uh, yeah. I, I, I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing where the story, uh, Ahsoka's story takes us here as, as Rebels starts to wind down. Yeah, for sure. And we, if you listen to Star Wars uh, Rebels Declassified, we had a, a, a caller actually call in and say that there were some, there's some markings on this wolf that we're going to see in a future episode, an upcoming episode, that are very similar to those of Ahsoka. So lots of, lots of intrigue, lots of mystery. Speaking of intrigue and mystery, yeah. <laughs> well, it's Halloween, and yes, uh, it is. There's a lot of intrigue and a mysterious nature uh, going on here in the air. And uh, there's a guy who uh, considers himself to be very connected to Star Wars Halloween. Yes, you're talking about Tom Spina. He's a good friend of ours and uh, the creative force behind Regal Robot and Tom Spina Designs. Uh, so I'm actually going to stick around for this one. How about that? I'll try not to injure myself. 
Yeah, don't fall and, down. Uh, right. Let's <laughs> try not let's... to fall down during this interview. Yeah, I would. I, I, shoes make me fall down. <laughs> Birdcage. Love that movie. All right. Um, let's do it. Hey, is this Tom Spina with Regal Robot? <laughs> Uh, and Tom Spina Designs. Why, yes, that's me. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Can I have your business card? Um, I think you probably have a few at this point, yeah. but I'll, I'll put one in the mail. Yeah. yeah. Well, hey, happy <laughs> Halloween to you, Tom. Thank you very much. It's everybody's favorite time of the year, I assume. I, I would think so. I would assume that you're a very popular guy this time of year. This is when all your friends start coming out of the woodwork and, like, you know, right. when, Hey, Tom, uh, you got anything cool laying around the studio, uh, the workshop? Right. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I wouldn't that... want to go up against you in a Halloween, you know, costume contest, that's for sure. Well, I, I appreciate that. That's probably for the best for you, I think. But um, <laughs> I don't know. It, it's, sometimes, uh, you know, there's the old saying, the cobbler's kid has no shoes, you know? Oh. So sometimes you're so busy working on everybody else's stuff that you look at the clock and go, Hey, I got a Halloween party in three days. What am I going to wear? Oh, I don't know. Do you just go to your workshop and, you know, like, I, I imagine people are really excited. They're like, cool Greedo costume. And you're like, oh, yeah, this was the one they actually used in the movie. Uh, it's just right. it's something I just dragged out of the thing. I was cleaning it for them. But, right. uh, yeah. But, but seriously, now, yeah. is it, is it do, you, do you go to a lot of, like, costume contests? Is that, like, a big oh, thing? Oh, well, no, not not contests or anything, or but we do. Parties. We have a party every year. My uh, my friends and I from from college have been doing this for almost twenty five years now, and uh, always, uh, you know, everybody tries to one up each other. And I think the you know, I, I've I have yet to go as someone from Star Wars, believe it or not. At least you know, like in my adult life, um, because I, I to me it almost seems like too obvious or something. You know, oh, like, really, I kind of. I feel like I have to come up with something that's, uh, um, now, I don't know. Some, you, you, sorry, you, go ahead. You, well, you said since you were an adult. I mean, we're all children yeah. of the 70s and 80s here, so right. we all remember the, the, the plastic, like, sort of right. one onesie thing that had always had short yeah. sleeves and the, and the little thing you tie and in the like back the of the neck. And, like, the picture of the guy right. you were supposed to be on the front, just in case anybody <laughs> didn't know. What was um, with the picture? Like, why couldn't they I don't just, know. Like, at some point, they're like, why don't we make this actually yeah. look like the, the costume instead of right, the picture? Right, right. Like, Darth Vader. Yeah, they know I'm Darth Vader. I need a logo. It's like, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, it's funny. We have uh, – one of the things we carry on Regal Robot, this company, Retro Agogo, um, we're making these really cool – so I'm like a big monster guy. Like, you know, not just Star Wars monsters but like vintage classic monsters. Yeah. Everything going back to the you know the universal stuff, and then right through all the Hammer stuff in the '60s and '70s with Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee and all of that. And uh, so this company though started taking like those those plastic masks that you would have gotten with those costumes of like generic monsters, mm -hmm. and turned them into two foot tall wall decor. Oh, and it's wow. just such a perfect fit for like the stuff I love. Oh, um, my gosh. And we just it's we just wrapped up orders that'll be delivered by Halloween. But I I, I just wrote to our, our guys on the site. I'm like, we're we're gonna put up a sale. We're gonna call it like the the monsters aren't just for Halloween sale, uh, you know, and 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 put these on discount. Like just probably like starting next Monday. So if anybody go to Regal Robot, look in the more decor section if you want to check these out. There's like a Mars Attacks one. There's all kinds of. Uh, there's a Wolfman that's really cool. A Gillman kind of creature looking guy, um, and 
you know, to follow us on at Regal Robot on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. I'm, I'm sure we'll post about it as soon as the sale goes up. But um, they're super cool. I don't know that to me. So like as a kid, I had a few of those. Um, the first like decent Star Wars costume I remember having, though, was in 83. Um, I had gotten so the same company that made those plastic com- masks and stuff, Ben Cooper, did put out a line of low cost rubber masks. Mm. Um, and they had a rubber mask of Akbar and Gamorrean Guard, if I remember. And I picked up the Gamorrean Guard for myself uh, with like months worth of allowance oh, yeah. <laughs> at eight dollars, yeah. you know, at the path mark. <laughs> yeah. Um, and my grandmother sewed up the body with padding in it and everything and the big furry belly waist thing. Um, and Please tell me so you have a picture was, of this. There's got to be a picture somewhere. I, you know, I've, somewhere. My mother probably has it. I'm going to have to go through the books. I'll have to – maybe I'll see if I can find it and post it on our page for Halloween or something. But it was it – was, I you know – for me, it was like, this is like the movie, you know, but who knows? <laughs> I, I, had a, I had a Keaton Batman mask like that in 89. Oh. I was like, yeah, this, this is just like the movie. It was like it was as big as my whole body. I could have like crawled. Inside right. Yeah, of it. yeah. You know, I looked ridiculous. I looked like a uh, a Funko pop walking down the, uh, the street nice. trick or treating. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I thought Keaton. outside of outside of stars, because actually Gamorrean Guard is just my I don't think I've ever said this on the show, but. Is my favorite uh, creature from Star Wars. Oh, yeah. Is my favorite alien huh. creature. Um, I, and it all has to do with, you know, seeing Jedi in the theater and, and that, that first yep. shot you see of the Gamorrean guard just, you know, had a big impact on me. But outside of Star Wars, and I want to ask Jimmy this too, actually, mm-hmm. I'm very curious. What is your favorite monster, like outside of, of Star Wars? Ooh, uh, if. Uh, man, you guys always ask me for favorites and I always have to make a long list. Um, <laughs> How about top three? I would, Give us yeah, your there top you go. Okay. So Frankenstein, right off the bat, Frankenstein monster. And I love all iterations of him, everything from Karloff uh, to, uh, you know, right through that line where you had Karloff playing him for three movies. And then you had Lon Chaney Jr. take over. Then Lugosi took over. Then Glenn Strange took over. And don't forget um, about Fred Gwynn. Now, he's my That's favorite right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he counts as a Frankenstein for yeah. sure. And I oh, love the Munsters. Yeah. I was a big, you know, there, there's like a Munsters versus uh, Adam's family thing yeah. that I think happens. Yeah. For me as a kid, it was always Munsters. Um, and as an adult, I like the Adam's family a lot more than I did when I was younger. But still, the Munsters are just like. Yeah, the Munsters are my right favorite. In my heart. Too. Jim, I think we've talked about this before. You're, you're also on the Munsters side. Love the monsters. Yeah. Often people right. people say monsters are Adam's family. And I'll say, well, you know, the Adam's family has its virtues, but uh, the monsters yeah. is always where it's at. <laughs> it, to me, it was like the Adam's family was more weird. The monsters were more monstery. Yeah, and right. to me, mo- more monster, more better. You know, <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I mean, they were so, obviously okay, so. they were obviously derivative of the classic Universal of Studios course. monsters. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Those guys rank is some of my favorites, but I think the creature of the Black Lagoon is my all-time favorite. He's definitely on my list as well. And I also Um, like the Alien from Aliens. The first movie, Alien. That was going to close me out. Oh, really? Wow, you guys are on the same wavelength. (laughs) My third is um, Mel Gibson. 
No, I'm no. sorry. What, man, oh, what, man without a face? No, O.J. Simpson. No, just Mel okay. Gibson. Yeah, no. Uh, hold on. Uh, uh, O.J. Uh, Simpson, yes. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Not the juice. Uh, all right, so who else? Who else, Jim? You got, who is your third? Is it really O.J.? The, no, the creature oh. of the Black Lagoon. Yeah. Alien. Right, right. From uh-huh. Is, is well, I'll throw people. in one here, which and is mine, was, is, is The Predator. I saw that, you know, in 87. Oh, yeah. And as a big, as a big wrestling fan, I went to see Jesse Body Ventura, and I was 10 years old, uh-huh. and I just, I, I was just like a, a puddle of fear. It's, you could just scrape <laughs> off the bottom of the seat um, at 10 years old, seeing that movie in the theater. But, um, yeah, so I love The Predator monster. And I mean, if you're if you're going just a uh, wolfman slash werewolf, that's another for me. Like any iteration of a werewolf, I just always gravitate towards American Werewolf London and Howling were the ones that obviously, you know, early 80s got everything going for me. But, you know, you go back wolfman, you got uh, Curse of the Werewolf with Hammer with Oliver Reed and um, uh, even how about, how about like Nicholson versus James Spader in Wolf. Do you remember that movie? Fighting over I Michelle do. Pfeiffer. I remember, <laughs> you know what was funny? I I remember going to see that movie and being really disappointed that I didn't get like a full on werewolf out of it. Like it was usually it was they were more sort of like half turned, weren't they? They were just kind yeah. Of, they were like like guy with fur and a little bit of a brow, maybe yeah. some teeth. And I mean, it was okay, and the movie was fun, but and you know everybody was good in it, but it was just for me. Give me you know. A big hulking furry beast with a snout. That's like like Michael tear J. Your Fox face in uh, in Teen Wolf playing basketball. Oh gosh, right? <laughs> exactly scary. Just yeah, like scary that. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> See, <laughs> yeah, but there's a couple that also uh, earn honorable mentions from me. Yeah. Um, one would be Medusa from Ooh. Clash of Titans. Ooh. Yeah, that's yeah, a good one. that's a good one. She was scary. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, then, for sure. Um, X Files. It was that, that parasite monster. I think it was called the host, and it had like a parasite face, and it like was he had like the ring mouth. Yes, the ring yeah. mouth. Yeah, yeah, he was good. I can't. Re- I, you know what? If you want to go for for uh, you know anthology shows, uh, Twilight Zone, the Doctors, and the Eye of the Beholder episode. Ooh. Scared the hell out of oh, me the as pig kids. Face I don't know doctors? that. Yeah, yes. like uh-huh. I don't know that they're my favorite monster or anything like that. But they definitely, like, I guess they got me at the wrong time because they disturbed the heck out of me <laughs> as a kid. Yeah, you know, I was uh, I was spending some time with a good friend of mine last week, and uh, he's a big mm-hmm. horror movie fan, and 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 mm-hmm. blogs about it, writes about it, and all that. And um, but he uh, he was asking. We were talking about our favorite horror movies and the one that the only i'm not a big horror movie fan to be honest with you but the one that i never i i that i always make time to watch every halloween is the original you know uh carpenter halloween um that's is mm-hmm. i know he's he's more he's not so much a monster but that original right. michael myers uh still makes me you know gives me nightmares to this day yeah <laughs> my brother billy mack actually purchased that mask, you know, the complete rubber mask. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, he even took it a step further and got the mechanic coveralls. 
Oh, wow. Um, no. yeah. There's been a few Halloweens <laughs> where he just would plant himself at a busy intersection and just watch. And, and right. <laughs> casually menace people. It's, yeah. you know, <laughs> typical stuff. I think the passerbys would have qualified that as a monster. Yeah. Right. There's Billy again. Must be Tuesday, you know. <laughs> well, for all of the, the the listeners right now that are screaming, talk about Star Wars. Star um, Wars. Should, I've heard of that. We should, probably should, but you know, um, I, as we were talking about scary stuff uh, <laughs> and seeing the Return of the Jedi and in the, in the in the films as as a young kid, um, yeah. two things jump out at me. Um, the two scariest moments I think in Star Wars for me. One was. The Rancor, that was absolutely terrifying. That the, the, yeah. When he eats the Gamorrean guard and you hear the crunch, yeah. you know, and then like just his hand <laughs> the is hand sticking out there. Disappearing. The yeah. So good. That one. And then yeah. um, and then the Minoc, uh, when mm. it, you know, it jumps out at Leia. That, that Still, that makes me jump. Yeah. Um, what about yeah. you guys? What do you, one there... legitimate jump scare in Star Wars is that Minoc. Yeah. And, and, and seeing it in the theaters really emphasize that and I recall seeing the movie in 1980 and telling myself okay brace yourself because that thing's gonna pop out (laughs) here comes the sucker mouth here it comes (laughs) but it would still make me jump and it would make you know the popcorn would be flying and everything (laughs) it was a wonderful moment Hey, canteen archaeology moment here. Okay. Uh, the the sucker mouth on the on the the, the Minox there were made by uh, the Minox were made with uh, by Nick Maley and a couple of the other guys on Stewart's team for Empire, and Nick had made the uh, the the mohawk for uh, Greedo, the sort of spiky mohawk that he has. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you look closely at the Minoc, the perimeter of his round sucker mouth is actually a mohawk, a Greedo mohawk. It's this little no. spines. It's the same piece. They just cast up a couple of them and wrapped them around the mouth. And, and yeah. you know, Stuart loved to save stuff and reuse wow. it later. So, yeah. so yeah. that's, uh, that's actual- how they got away with it. An actual Rodian did not get scalped to make this. No, no. No Rodians were harmed in the making of this Minoc, Jimmy. Well, I think that's, you know, I think that's a hallmark of a lot of uh, creative people is that, um, you know, whether they be writers or in George Lucas's case, you know, a a filmmaker, Mm -hmm. storyteller, they don't throw away ideas. Mm. And I think there's really, you know, for anybody who wants to create, I think that's a great lesson is, you know, you might have an idea that just doesn't work out for a particular project, but don't throw it away. Don't discount it completely because you never know. Tom, I'm sure you run into that quite a bit. Oh, yeah. No, we are constantly, you know, my challenge is just remembering them well enough to write them down. Yeah, (laughs) it's like this. We get talking, uh, especially like me and Rich Riley, who, uh, uh, you know, came up with a lot of the designs for the regal stuff with me when we get going and bouncing back and forth uh it's just very quickly there's like wait stop i have to start writing things down you know like, yeah, right um <laughs> and we've just got this long list of stuff that we now keep going back to and and it's like it, we're still adding to it but we're also now you know kind of working on the front of the end of it and going like okay let's we're going to submit these two to Lucasfilm. We're going to submit these six to Lucasfilm. And let's, you know, and right now, like with Regal in particular, we've got, I think, uh, seven or eight different things going, uh, all in different sort of stages of development. And, um, and, and, you know, they're all coming off of those lists. You know, it's yeah. all stuff that 
you know, it, it occurs to us when we're not supposed to be thinking about it. It's like, okay, we've got a chair to design. And then Rich goes, you know, it would make a cool table. And I'm like, darn it, now i got to write that down. You know, and then <laughs> there we go. You know, <laughs> and now when it comes around and we start working on some tables, it's like, hey, we got a bunch of ideas for tables now. Great. <laughs> right. Well, since we last spoke, it's been a, it's been a while. It's been mm-hmm. a couple of months. And then you, you promised you'd yeah. come on uh, around Halloween time. So we thank you for uh, making good on your on your word there, um, but oh, we, my we, pleasure. we had a we had a little trailer drop uh, a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you had a chance to yeah, catch yeah. that. Did you see it? Did you I find did. time I, to see that? I, I've been I've been trying not to watch. I watched it once, and I'm okay. I I'm so spoiler sensitive these days, and I feel like you know there was that whole thing where Ryan Johnson was like, maybe don't watch it, and then. I looked and all the news stories are like, you know, Ryan Johnson says you'll injure your eyes if you watch this. And it's like, what? He didn't say that at all. Ryan Johnson says if you watch this, it'll be like the ring and someone's going to come and get you after. Like, what? I, he really just said maybe don't. But anyway, um, so, so I, I, I did go and I, I watched it and um, I'm, I, tr- I'm almost trying not to process it. Really? <laughs> like I – I like going into the movie a little open and I, I kind of, I'm, I'm very excited for it. I can't wait to see it, but I'm trying to, to not overthink it. I'm trying to not wow. go in expecting too well, much. Boy, but are, you on, just, are you on the wrong show right now? I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't done it frame by frame. You know, <laughs> I mean, we could really, we could really call this show just overthinking star Wars. I mean, that's right. That's, <laughs> Wait, that's not what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> that's it's it's definitely what um, we, it's the, definitely what we do. That's what I, I will say. Thing. Just from watching the trailer, the first thing I think is that there are things going on in the trailer that are intentionally misleading. That was the feeling I got. So you um, got that, that, too. that only having watched it one time, you were getting that misdirection. That, that was we the calling it. Uh, that's what I feel like. Yeah. And I, you know, this is, I have no inside information. I don't know for sure one way or the other, what that is, but my gut is telling me that, you know, they're, they're mixing conversations to, you know, what do they call that? Doing a Frankenbite, um, where they (laughs) cut things together in reality shows to make it look like you said something you didn't. I feel like there's, there's some some Franken trailer going on there, which is appropriate for this time of year. I don't know if it's um, necessarily a result of the filmmakers trying to misdirect the audience before they go in yeah. to see the movie and to drive speculation into certain areas. I think that the reason certain elements were placed together in this trailer were for a very specific reason. And maybe the scene between Ray and Kylo at the end of the trailer are taken from two separate parts of the movie, but I firmly believe the filmmakers are trying to send us a message before we walk in. They want us to carry something with us walking into this film, right. whether it's a complete misdirection. I don't think so. Right. I think they're trying to send a message. Hmm. Yeah. And I, I don't know that anything is, uh, you know, an intentional misdirection as much as just, it's. I don't think everything is what it seems in the trailer. You know, the the instinct that I got walking away from it was, I kind of feel like it's one thing, but I I don't know if that's the direction it's going to end up going. Um, I did like Luke's bit about you know uh, he wasn't 
afraid enough before, mm. but he is now. That was powerful. That was that landed. I heard an interesting theory or, or read, uh, you know, an interesting theory on that. And, you know, most assume that he's he's talking to Ray, sort of admonishing right. her. And, Jim, you might have heard this, too, or read this, too. But somebody was saying that they believe that that's Luke talking to a force ghost that that could be luke talking to obi-wan that could be luke talking to yoda rather hmm. and, and and that it just sort of adds some very interesting context you know to yeah. it's fun to speculate about that uh yeah you know, yeah could, could luke but, be at odds with his with his teachers although he's kind of always been at odds i guess so. yeah he was never <laughs> a great student <laughs> Right. No, it's like, you've really got to stay. No, I got to go. Yeah. You know, not my buddies. Uh, yeah. You got to save them. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, turned out to be a good call. Well, not so much for his hand, but I mean, right. otherwise it was, it worked out okay. Luke, Eventually. Luke, um, you must stay. We're ghosts. Oh, we know well, what you're talking about, Luke. No, he must. Oh, goodness. He's one with the force. <laughs> Only people with the force have reverb. <laughs> I, <laughs> It is a perk. It is. A perk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so um, you know, um, as far as creatures and monsters, we finally in this trailer we got a look of of what Snoke looks like non hologram. Uh, that's, yeah. that's that's pretty messed up, right? Yeah, <laughs> he's. Um... Yeah, he's seen some stuff, huh? Like yeah. he's, oh, he's not uh, winning any beauty contests, I'll tell you. Though, <laughs> though, I have a theory that maybe that's just what Sloth looked like when he grew up and left Chunk's house. That, oh, uh, it does have a little of the yeah, the two different planes on the eyes. <laughs> yeah. Actually, the the guy who played uh, the guy who played Doctor Evazan had a little of the two different levels on his eyes going there too. So I don't know. I mean. Uh, well, we, so what we know about Doctor Evazan is that the, the makeup was an improvement. Actually, uh, God right. rest his soul, uh, the actor. No, I, I think he's actually still with us, believe it or not. Is Dr. Uh, Evazan still, still alive? He's he's not doing shows or anything, but yeah, as far as I know, Alfie Curtis is still alive. Oh, my gosh. Well, I, 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 I hope I didn't just curse him there. I want to start any one of those, no goodness. those death right. rumors. You know. Oh, my God. No, Rebel no. Force Radio announced that Dr. Evazan is dead. I just... Uh, right, right. I, I, I just assumed. Now, he's in it. I mean, usually these guys do make the circuit. So this guy's not yeah. doing the. Jim, have you ever known now Dr. There's... Evazan to be on the road? I didn't know him to be on the road, but he's probably yeah, listening I've... to the show right now. So uh, <laughs> he must be. Yeah, I assume defense. he's at Swank's comments. At a British old folks' home. Just, yeah. 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 Um, Waiting for, for that ugly actor's agency to ring him up again. Exactly. Yeah, they need me. <laughs> he's off. You know, the world needs my ugly. Right. I mean, he's, I'm sure he's just suitably Shakespearean, and you know all of that as <laughs> of course, well. Yes. You know, it's like, it would just be fantastic. <laughs> um, by all accounts, though, uh, I've, I've, I've heard a few people who have met him and said he was a nice fella. So, oh, well, that's great uh, to hear. But. I, you know, as far as I know, not Snoke. That I'll, I'll yeah, you know, not, not there, Snoke. Evazan is not. But, just, you're hmm, not trying to uh, spread a new conspiracy theory about Snoke. That's right, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Tom, if you had uh, to there lay are money enough of those. It, you know, yeah. there's, there's so much speculation. We, what we want to do uh-huh. is we want to connect everything. You know, Snoke right. has got to be Tarkin, survive right. the Death Star. Tarkin, right. Snoke has be this. Ray has got to be Luke's uh, long lost daughter or Han and Leia's right. long lost daughter. We want to connect everything. 
if you had to lay money down on it, would you say that? The, do you think that most of these connections are going to, you know, so, in some way, prove to be true, or do you think these characters are really going to sort of just stand on their own? They're just going to be new additions to the Star Wars, you know, canon of characters. Do they? I would, do they need to be connected? I don't feel. For me personally, I don't need them to be connected. Mm. Um, I think there's already we've already got a lot of connection going in this universe and having Kylo uh, so connected immediately is, you know, that's a, a pretty strong link from original trilogy to the sequel trilogy. Um, I would not be shocked if they did make uh, some more connections. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Might they try and throw one of us, uh, you know, one of those at us each movie <laughs> going mm-hmm. on and we get two more. Um I hope it's not too many, though. I, I feel like these are these are strong characters. They're fun characters. They're uh, there's a lot that you can play with with them uh, on a on a film that you don't need them to be anyone in particular. Right, right. And uh, where are you coming down on the porgs? Are you pro porg or are you anti porg? <laughs> I, I, I am. Oh, gosh, you put them on a sandwich with some barbecue sauce. <laughs> right, we, Very we, pro-pork. <laughs> I think you were the one that coined that the, 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 the pulled pork, pork sandwich. sandwich. Uh, was, but uh, now I, I'm, I'm uh, <laughs> I feel like I, a little bit like I, I felt with BB-8. I don't know if I talked about this last time. So my wife snapped a picture of me in Disney World with a stuffed BB-8 before uh, The um, Force Awakens came out. And... So we took two pictures, one with me kind of like not happy and one with me happy. You know? <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to I'm reserving pork judgment until the film comes out. Are and you then covering I will both ends of the, on this. So I just I you know, maybe it's a prequel thing. I feel like, you know, uh, us old timers who who uh, went into Phantom Menace with so much hope and expectation Mm -hmm. and it went in such a different direction than we expected um, that I kind of, after after, I think it was after Attack of the Clones where I kind of said like, you know what I'm gonna, (laughs) like let me just go in and watch the movie, how about that instead, you know (laughs) like I think I'll enjoy this more that way (laughs) that's kind of been my thing yeah, I think, you know, it's it's we've learned as as grown-ups that there's there's nothing that's going to I shouldn't say nothing, but but there's there's right. there's very little that's going to make you feel like an 8-year-old again or a 9-year-old again. I right. mean, you 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 appreciate it on a different level and that's called growing up and that's called maturing and that's called, you know, finding new ways to kind of keep it in your life. Um, yeah, like you, you were it's silly, but you were talking about, you know, the Adams family it was something you didn't really like that much as a kid. But as you got older, you, you started to appreciate it. And I think that's what for me, what brings me back to Star Wars over and over again. It's like, you know, people yeah. that have that favorite book, they say, well, every time I read it, I pick up something new. And I have to say mm-hmm. that the Star Wars movies, uh, all of them, every one of them operate on that level for me every time i watch it i'm in a different place in my life a different mood a different you know something new something new on the horizon and i take something new away from it every time and there are just there are different moments that hit you um and and give you the feels and make the you know the arm hair go up and you know it's like i'm not crying you're crying you know (laughs) it's like 
Um, For sure. I, it's absolutely. And the, the amazing thing, though, is that so I watch the films a lot, you know, for work. Of course, um, you have to. You poor thing. Just, just, just for work. Right. So, uh, but even when I put the movie on for that, or even if I'm putting on that cantina scene again to go through the background and look for you know some ugly agency actor that we've never found, <laughs> um, it still grabs you every time. And you know, watching a, the the uh, original trilogy, there are all of these moments that. You know, I could start the movie at any point, uh, and if one of those moments hits, it's like it just it it gets you every single time, no matter. And it's it's not the result of watching the whole film and the emotional buildup anymore, because maybe that emotional buildup is just always there now because we've seen them so many times. Right. Um, but you know those those climactic moments in these movies and and those human moments in the movies it's just every time like oh there it is you know, it's right. so good yeah <laughs> yeah it it never ceases to uh like you say pull you in and uh it, yeah and move you yes yeah for sure for sure even attack of the clones which i can tell is your least favorite <laughs> oh, can you how dare you sir yeah <laughs> I, you know, it was sort of the last straw for him. Did you hear the way he was just like, yeah, I think it was the Attack of the Clones where I said, you know, I'm just not going to get excited about these anymore. I'm just, I'm just... Uh, there were there were some moments in that that let me down in, in new and unusual ways. But, uh, um, the, you know what, though? Uh, I will say, uh, certainly in uh, The Force Awakens, there uh, for, for all the folks that I see that are kind of original trilogy types that felt it was too much of a retread or whatever. Um, it still has those moments and it still, um, you know, grabs you and gives you the feels. And, you know, when, when that saber goes flying past Kylo's head and into Ray's hand and that look of sort of, uh, determination mixed with surprise on her face. Um, Oh yeah. I challenge you not to get goosebumps, you know, oh, yeah. it's, it's, it's there. You know, I, I fear that um, in some ways, I, and I don't think that it's 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 crazy yet, but I do fear that there is this kind of undercurrent of revisionist history going on with Force Awakens. It's only been a couple of years. I'm running into these right. people that are going like, "Yeah, it wasn't that good. It wasn't. I don't know. Right. I, I didn't really like it that much." But at the time, two years ago, universally, for the most part, I mean, everybody yeah. loved this thing. Everybody was was loving it. And, and yeah. now it's sort of, I don't know if it's just our society, our culture, or what now. You know, it's, it's like Titanic was the biggest movie in the world. And now you can't find anyone who admits to liking the thing. Uh, right. Which is, you know, incredible. Yeah. We were all watching that movie, you know. Uh, Crying Funny and enough, our girlfriends the and... people at my at my studio constantly talk about Titanic <laughs> and how much they love it. I swear to God. Okay, see, there, there, there they yeah. are. They're keeping it real there. And it's like guys, girls, whatever. It's 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 really random. I mean, uh, but there it is. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> people big... still talk. But yeah, no, you're right. I think there's a. Uh, I, I think it's. I don't know if it's like an hour culture so much as a an hour nerd culture that yeah. we are so immersed within. Definitely has that like um, the, the shine goes away quickly on things, and yeah. and it's you know whenever something's popular, it also becomes cool to think it's not popular yep. or to not like whatever's popular. However, that goes. Right. Um, and and you know whatever that's 
that's cool. That's that's you know everybody likes or doesn't like whatever, and and I it it someone else's feelings doesn't change how I feel about the movie, and that's I think the important thing. Right. I've been saying that since the Phantom Menace. As <laughs> uh, <laughs> long as it wasn't Attack of the Clones, you know that would be. No. <laughs> yeah, Attack of the Clones. Um, is there, you know, is I, I mean, obviously you've you've spent so much time studying the original films, and particularly, you know, the famed yeah. Cantina scene and all of that. Um, as far as the prequels go, there was, you know, obviously yeah. a lot of CG and. The computers did a lot of the heavy lifting, uh, but it, are, were there any characters or creatures or anything that, um, you know, uh, you know, really scratched your itch? Um, you know, for what, yeah, for what you like, I mean, looking back at the prequels, is there characters that you still lo- like looking at on the screen? Oh, yeah. And I think that um, I think that's kind of. As much CG as there was, there was a ton of practical stuff done in those movies, um, and, and I think it's this. I you know everybody gets so overwhelmed with this idea of like oh the return to practical effects and monsters, and it's like guys look at the prequels. There's tons of rubber monsters in there, and, and they're made by really talented guys um, and girls and people and whatever. They're mm. they're so um, there's so much good stuff in those movies. Um, I thought. The um, oh gosh, let's see here. The the and I'm terrible with like movie names, so like, that's okay. Uh, that's the, why we have Jimmy. the modern Tom Crew guy version of it. The 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 guys on uh, was it Utapau with mm-hmm. the stripey sort of uh, skin. Oh um, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, 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 the yeah, Nosferatu like they were made of corduroy. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, the, I thought. That guy was really, really cool, um, really striking. And it was uh, that was one of, I think, Dave Elsie's uh, contributions. Dave and Lou Elsie did a lot of the creatures for uh, Revenge of the Sith. And I feel like Dave, it's funny, that one to me is one of the most Elsie when I look at it. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I don't know if he'd agree with me, but um, I just thought that guy was really cool. Um Kit Fisto's kind of cool. He's a little goofy, but I like, you know, I like the big eyes. I, I like it became sort of a trend after that. And I don't know who did it before that. I'm sure it was done a bunch of times. But this idea of using a uh, sort of combination of, sort of mask plus human where you have from the the sort of cheekbones up is the big goggle eyes and the mask, uh, the prosthetic stuff. Um, so you, you, and then from the bottom, you have all the expression of a human mouth. Um, it might've been nice if they did more with the mouth area and made him a little more exotic in that regard, because it was a little weird, like big fish squid head guy and like, yeah, pearly whites and a regular mouth. He's got like okay. a game show host chin. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's like Jay Leno or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Wink, um, Winkleman. But he the, was cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I loved the uh, the prequel incarnation of the um, the Nikto. I thought that was a really faithful, cool sculpt. Um, the oh, here's a neat bit. So we learned this on set of one of our commercials, where the archives people had brought some of the prequel aliens uh, to fill out the background, um, and the Ishi Tib slash Starfish aliens. 
mm-hmm. uh, from Return of the Jedi. There's one in Jabba's Palace. There's a few in the Rebel briefing scene. Um, they remade those for the prequels. They did a new sculpt of it. And the way they did that mask is they actually sculpted the normal sort of ishy tib guy. I think that's how you say it. Mm-hmm. And then the back of the head was a different creature's face uh, with the really? idea that if they got in a pinch, they could turn the mask around and put a co- different costume on it. And now it's a new alien. Oh, my uh, gosh. But it was really cool to see that. Um, and I don't know that they ever did it in the movie. I'd have to. That might be a good sort of prequel creature challenge is to go through the movie and see, you know, can anybody find the backward starfish? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, had a, we had an ishy tib on uh, Rebels this week. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm very far behind. I haven't started the new season. Amphibious. You know, it starts off, uh, well, we, we'll we'll have it on uh, Rebels Declassified this week, which you can, of course, listen right. to. But uh, it started off, right. I, thought, I felt a little a little weak. Um, but then this, for me, this is just my opinion. And then this week, they really kicked it up. They really kicked it up. So um, nice. if it's, it's a really fun prequel to Rogue One that they're, constructing here oh, on the nice. show this year so it's cool stuff and it is you know it always takes an episode or two each season to get a footing and uh to for us to settle into where they're going to take us this mm-hmm. season you know what i mean i think that's um, true yeah i think that's very you, true yeah you kind of go in not ex- not knowing what to expect from it and then it's like oh all right all right that's what we're doing this okay yeah all right and and then once you're settled in then you can just kind of relax and enjoy what's happening right it's like i wonder if there's going to be ishy tib oh there is ishy tib in this <laughs> right season. now i can relax. what's on the back of his head someone turn him around <laughs> we'll have to find out if they were if, if they were that uh loyal you know to the integrity of the original if they've got on the back right of him, that that other face it's it's yeah are they prequel ishy tib or are they classic <laughs> ishy tib and the way to know is to look on the back of their head uh, <laughs> Uh, well, hey, Tom, we got to check in with you here on what's going on with uh, Regal Robot. You, you mentioned, I, actually, I'm on the website right now, and I'm looking at uh-huh. the, uh, before we get into the Star Wars stuff, uh, if you go yeah. to the, the shop uh, page and then go to that tab, Other Theme Decor, you can see some of those really awesome uh, vintage plastic mask uh, wall decorations. Some of them even glow in the dark. I mean, these are just a right? real trip down memory lane. <laughs> these are And they... If you look at the boxes they come in, they're in the window box packaging like the old costumes came in, but they're two feet tall. Oh, my God. So they're gigantic. Uh, We've got a couple of them hanging at the studio now, and they're just like my favorite things. The Astro Zombie looks like, you know, a NASA astronaut who got lost in space, zombified, and obviously comes back to Earth to eat our brains, whatever. Um, (laughs) Mars Attacks guy is real cool. They're really really affordable, too. So if you're looking to pick up, you know, some things um, that that if you're into that, I mean, this is this would just be a great addition for you. People kind of doing your your man cave or your girl cave or whatever you got going on. Right. Your fan cave. Fan cave. Yeah. But yeah, they're they're just super fun. I am so excited to to be working with those folks. And we're we're talking about some other stuff with them uh, uh, for the next years or so. And and, uh, I'm just excited that to to be carrying them and to be able to put this kind of to me, they are just so in line with our type of thinking on this stuff. Yeah. Take something that was 
old and and meant something to us and let's make it in a way that's really uh you know it becomes it's it's part of the decor and it's um it just instantly takes you back to those moments as a kid wearing that plastic costume with the picture of the creature of the black lagoon on the front of it. You yes. know? <laughs> yeah. I'm, so fun. Yeah, it really does. So, uh, yeah. Maybe someday we'll get the, the, some of the vintage star Wars masks. Maybe that you can hang that. Would, your I, that would be, that bad. might be I, fun. Wouldn't it? I actually <laughs> do own the old Ben Cooper, Darth Vader. Do you really? And, yeah, I have it do in you? the box and everything. Wow. Does and, it fit? <laughs> I'm wearing it right now. All right then, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'm looking at an old ad for it. This is uh, uh-huh. Empire Strikes Back era, Lucasfilm uh-huh. LTD 1980. Darth Vader, and there's a picture of the the kid wearing the costume. It's actually a artist rendition, and uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it, it, the kid. It's amazing. It says made of flame retardant vinyl. For all those fireballs we were dodging on the streets back in night. That's right. Yes, that was commonplace. That was. Commonplace. I guess I, jack o' lanterns. Maybe I, I don't know. Well, yeah, it's a jack o' lantern. Well, now you well, use tea lights like, well, in them, right? They're no open flames anymore. It's, now it's yeah, the little LED tea lights, right. of course. Well, no, I, I'm you know, it's like all those things they they tried to warn us about as kids: quicksand and waterfalls, all these things we thought <laughs> we were going to encounter from like Gilligan's Island and all these shows we were watching. But, uh, I was sure I was falling into quicksand at some point in my life. So, you know, yeah, my my Halloween costume is going to go up in flames any moment now. Just spontaneously combust. Not if you're um, the Darth Vader costume. That's right. Like you are now. One piece coverall with cape. And it's this this is vinyl. It's like you're you're wearing these vinyl scrubs. And right. the the cape Scrub. is the cape is a very intimidating waist length, and, right? <laughs> and 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 it's a sleeveless number. It's sleeveless. Oh, I, and I love it. Yeah, they're right, always yeah. sleeveless. Jason pointed yeah. out earlier. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But oh, the, but the kid wearing so it is not wearing a shirt underneath, so he's got the the twenty four inch pythons there on full display. <laughs> is he saying his prayers and and eating his vitamins, brother, and you know, going into the full Hulkamania? <laughs> And uh, actually, I would not be surprised if there was a Hulk Hogan version uh, of that costume. As a matter of fact, there was. I had there you it. Go. It was based on Hulk Hogan from the Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling cartoon. You know, oh, goodness. Of, uh, like 86, <laughs> I think. 85, 86. Yeah. yeah, I had that. I had a Pee Wee Herman in that style. Nice. Um, uh-huh. I did have some. I did have a Darth Vader at one point. I had a. A C three PO. I don't remember them making any of the human characters. You, you couldn't buy like a Han or a they Luke, did, or did they? They. I'm sure they did. I feel like I've seen Leia. Um, oh, there. I, you're, you I know, think you might be right. There was a Leia. Pretty quickly for me, I you know I got away from those. I was so like I remember making a Sand Trooper. Out of so, <laughs> this is what would happen for me. Like uh, Christmas would come around, and I'd get a whole bunch of presents, and they'd be like you know clothes in those shirt boxes you used to get from Sears and J.C. Oh, yeah. Penney or mm-hmm. Macy's, whatever Mays, I don't know. Um, and but it was that cool thin cardboard with a shiny white side. And uh, I would look at that, and I'd be like, you know, throw the clothes away. I'm making a stormtrooper <laughs> out of these boxes, and. I put together a full set of stormtrooper armor out of like cutting and 
I, you know, I, nowadays everybody they would call it pepakura or uh, you know where they're where you would pattern stuff out. I was doing it by eyeball with a stapler, um, <laughs> but and that's another one. I'll have to look for pictures of that somewhere because it was it was just so fun putting that stuff together. Just you know. The love of the movie. And, 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 and look at you now. You're putting together Mandalorian <laughs> skull sculptures. Uh, right. Putting together, you <laughs> yeah. know, Han and Carbonite full coffee of mythosaurs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the well, Dubak yeah, scene. Right? But yeah, and this stuff is just uh, amazing. I, um, thank it you. looks, and the, you know, if you're, um, you know, if the price on, you know, the Carbonite desk has got you maybe uh, it was some sticker shock there. You can always look yeah. at things like these uh, Mandalorian uh, sculptures. These are really cool. They've got That's various right. sizes. And we've got some other stuff coming at uh, on the lower end, too. And mm-hmm. there's also there's the director chairs line, which we've got a Love few the pieces in the works chairs, for yeah. that. There's um, uh, and the, the stuff we're doing will be kind of in a nice mid range, too. Yeah. The, you know, right now, it's funny. I, I realized as I was leaving the studio, um, so just we had a, a guy coming through that was um, he's uh, working with us on some of these table projects we're doing, and it's the factory that's going to be making the, the tabletops for him. And he's looking around, and he like three or four times said, "Wait, you guys do this stuff here?" Because <laughs> um, we're just in the middle of Long Island, New York, nondescript place, nothing fancy. And you know, he walks through, and it's both companies, Tom Spina Designs, and so there's people restoring original Gremlins and a Borg and uh, Hellboy setup and a bunch of other stuff that we're working on there. And then the Regal stuff is sort of exploded all over the place. Uh, Melissa was painting up about a hundred of the plaque skulls, our new sort of mid-size one there, the seventy-five dollar one, and. Uh, so she's spread out on three or four tables, painting up all these things by hand. It's just how we do stuff. Like we're yeah. monster makers. We're going to make them like monsters. Right. Um, and then there's a Han Carbonite desk we're putting together. It's a custom one for someone that's even taller so they can use it sort of like a counter table. Um, oh, wow. And that will have some cool stools with it we're working on right now. And uh, there's a Millennium Falcon asteroid table that was getting crated up. Uh, so it's just but yeah, it's it's all here. We're putting it together. We do it by hand. We paint it by hand. Um, it's it's we yeah, because we love it. This is you're not you're not they're not going to IKEA here, right? I mean, this is right. this stuff yeah. is lovingly crafted, as you say, by hand on demand. Um, and yeah. uh, and we're you know, I mean, my God, I, I still I have a fantasy of sitting at a carbonite desk uh, doing the podcast someday. I, nice. Yeah, well, of course. Who doesn't? I, I know a guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, and the cool thing is if you came up with some other fantasy for some piece that we don't have on the site, we do the custom work. So if you right. decided you wanted something else or you had some just wild hair of an idea that you thought might be cool to flesh out, we can design it. We can build it. They can do it. It's awesome. Well, the website is regalrobot.com. Also, check them out at uh, Tom Spina Designs. As dot well? com, correct. Dot com. Just yep. add the dot and com and you're at there. Regal Robot at Tom Spina Designs. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, you name it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Tom, it's always great to talk to you, man. Thank you so much for a making pleasure. good on your promise to come back, oh, and, yeah. uh, especially this time of year. Um, right. You're our favorite <laughs> guest at Halloween, I'll tell you that. It's well, I, so, I appreciate that. So, Thank when's, you so when's, much. The big, when's, when's the big Halloween party for the, for the company? Oh, gosh. Well, it's uh, the. Well, not for the company, but just me and the, the you and sort of, they're invited. But oh, that's yeah. uh, it's come this coming Saturday, so I've got to hurry and make a costume. All right. Well, hopefully you'll <laughs> you'll post some photos if people are following you on the social media. Uh, we might see some pictures I'll, of you. 
Absolutely. All right, man. So, Thank you so much. And uh, don't listen to the chat. rest of the show because it's just going to spoil the movie for you when you go. When you go I, I know nothing. Yeah, la, 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 la. <laughs> Fingers in the ears. I'll, I'll talk to you guys soon. Awesome, Have dude. a great night. Tom. Thank you so much. See you. Bye-bye. Thanks. Your source for the force. Treaters, I will take care of them myself. Time to abandon your treats. Aren't you a little old to be trick-or-treating? Forget the ghosts. Beware of me. Another trick-or-treater to add to my collection. <laughs> You know it, you love it. From Tops comes the digital card collecting app, Star Wars Card Trader. Yes, collect and trade officially licensed Star Wars digital cards. All of your favorite characters, vehicles, and locations from the Star Wars universe are here, including replicas of those amazing and iconic original 1977 Top Star Wars trading cards to futuristic all-new cards with exciting digital twists. Download it today in the App Store or in Google Play. And of course, we're using the Star Wars card trader app here at rebel force radio you can always trade with us here 24 7 365 days a year just search username rebel force radio and do it all from the comfort of your mobile device it's the tops star wars card trader app these are the cards you're looking for all right before we wrap up here we're gonna catch up with the guys from uh sci fried and let's oh oh, no jason injured himself again can't oh, seem to see the other leg. <laughs> I thought it was your arm last time. Oh, well, whatever. Uh, but uh, <laughs> was it? I don't know what it was. It hurts. Well, we got uh, <laughs> hanging out on hold right now. We have Damn It Jim Frederick and Captain Dan from Sci Fried. And uh, they want to tell us about their new album, Hyperspaced. And we will have the world premiere of a new Star Wars song from our friends at Sci Fried. It's called One with the Force. You're going to want to stick around for this one. Jason, are you okay? Do we need to put ice on that? Or uh, Yeah, I think so. I have to go soak it in a bucket of hot snow. Here they are, local faves, Cypride. Hello, Jim. Yes, Jim. Hey, yes. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. <laughs> You're the percussionist with the band. Yes, sir. I've been here since the beginning, almost 10 years. Wow, you guys have been around that long. Yeah, well, next, uh, next September is the 10th anniversary of our uh, first show. Well, I know you guys are staying in touch with me. I used to do the show A Galaxy of Music. And I, I know. I used to feature and, you guys uh, on that, that old awesome. show. Yeah. <laughs> you guys always brought quality, quality tracks to my studio, and I really appreciate that. And, and this new one is, is no different. Uh, you guys got a real good, heavy sound on it. And, and actually, I'm going to play it here in a few minutes. It's going to be the world premiere of this track, yeah. right? So yes, cool. uh, no one's heard it yet. It's it's a uh, it's going to be a, an exclusive. Very cool. Well, you know what? We're going to add Captain Dan to the call right now. So uh, paging Captain Dan. Hello, Dan. Hello. Hey, Captain Hello. Dan. Hello. Welcome to Rebel Force Radio. Hey, so, what's up, Dan? Hey, Jimbo. Glad to be here, guys. So, Captain Dan, tell us a little bit about uh, the new album from Sci Fried coming out uh, in November. It's uh, hyperspaced, and uh, in particular, tell us a little bit about the Star Wars-inspired track, One with the Force. Well, so as you can tell by the, the name of the album, Hyperspace, we're, we're nerds who are into space, <laughs> and certainly as part of that, 
Star Trek and Star Wars are a big part of what we do, specifically Star Wars. One with the Force was uh, inspired by the Rebels from uh, Rebel One, from, uh, what is it? Rogue, Rogue One. One. Yeah, Rogue One. So, you know, we, we were just jamming on it real heavy. And actually, it's a song that Jimbo wrote. Jim, how, how long ago did you write that tune? You were uh, I wrote the the demo for that like a year ago. I was just it was a heavy bluesy riff. It was only a year ago. Oh well, actually, probably about a year and a half, right before uh, right before you started jamming with us. Yeah, and it was you know he had played it for me at one point, and I was just like, yeah, man, I was feeling it. So we just started grooving on it one night at at practice, and we were jamming and jamming. And Vern just comes up with that. I won with the force. The force is with me. I won with the force. The force is with me. And we just, <laughs> we just rocked it. We yeah, and uh, it was awesome because we just kind of played through the whole thing. And Vern was singing some words. And he's like, please tell me you recorded that. Please tell me you recorded that. I don't remember what I said. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's when it's inspiration like, hits you, you know. It, it, you just... There's no time to grab pen and paper. It just you, you you just let it flow through you, just like the force itself. It's almost as if the force wrote the song. Exactly, and Tira is such a badass. We yeah. wanted to make a really badass song for him. So, <laughs> so like lyric wise, because I'm going to spin this tune in just a minute, and it's going to be the world premiere of One with the Force. What should we listen to lyric wise that really makes this Chirrut song? It's it's all about Tira. It's uh, the words are, gone are the Jedi protectors, extinction befell their might, a guardian of the temple now compelled to fight. No, I'm not going to spoil the whole song, but it's, <laughs> it is all about Chirrut. That's great. That's great. And you guys are uh, playing around, you, you, mostly out on the East Coast, right? Yes, sir. We'll be playing a, a big event called MAGFest here uh, the first of the year. So maybe some of your listeners are going um, it's a huge gaming and, and music festival in uh, the D.C. area. So we'll be headlining that show. It's going to be lots of fun. Okay, awesome. That's MAGFest, M-A-G? Yeah, MAGFest. Take a look at it. It's a, it's a great time, man. If you've never been, it's worth checking it out. It's a 24-hour convention. It's the only one like it in the country. Oh, and wow. uh, they have a giant free play arcade that's open 24 hours a day. Ooh, old school, old school games. Oh, all of them. All of them. Well, that's they have the same thing, but a console room too. They have consoles from the first NES all the way up through Xbox One. All just free play. You just wait in line, and then you get to play. Awesome. So you guys are going to be playing Magfest. That's January fourth through the seventh in National Harbor, Maryland. And yes, uh, sir. More, yeah, like DC area. Right, right. And for more information, go to magfest.org. But what we're here to talk about is the new album from Cyfried, Hyperspaced. And let's go ahead and give your new tune a spin. This is the first time anyone's ever hearing it outside of you guys. This is the world premiere of One with the Force. This is Cyfried from Hyperspace on Rebel Force Radio.
So there it is. One with the Force from Cy Fried and their upcoming album Hyper Spaced here on Rebel Force Radio. Guys, that was really great. Really heavy. Reminded me of uh, some old uh, Glenn Danzig music from the 90s, you know? Nice. <laughs> I like it. I think it's got a good Pantera kind of vibe. Kind of. Yeah, I hear that too. It's one of my, one of my favorites on the album, actually. So a lot of yeah, energy. Yeah, it's got a really heavy feel with a lot of great leads, and and it all came together with that Star Wars vibe. It just feels it feels right when you listen to it. It's, you can definitely feel the force. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> that's great, man. Thank you so much. I'm I'm honored that you chose Rebel Force Radio and our audience to uh, listen to this for the first time. So uh, hats off, man, and congratulations. You guys really nailed it. Hyperspace. It's coming November first. You got it. November 1st exclusively at the uh, SciFried Bandcamp site. If you want more information, go to sci-friedband.com, and uh, everything's there. But this is the album you want to get. You can get digital and physical copies. There's actually going to be a CD and an upcoming vinyl release. So, uh, again, sci-friedband.com for all the info on SciFried hyperspace 11 all new original sci fried songs i like that <laughs> awesome <laughs> all right guys well congratulations uh you know best of luck with all your live shows and uh the uh, cd release uh really looking forward to uh, you guys keeping it going it's been 10 years I, I find that hard to believe time flies right man it's been a blast thanks a lot guys thanks, thanks man take care You got it. May the force be with y'all. Oh, that's going to wrap things up for this week's show. Our special Halloween episode of Rebel Force Radio. So a happy Halloween, everybody. Have a safe and wonderful holiday. Get lots of candy. Have fun with the family and the kids. Although it really is kind of becoming a big grown-up holiday, too. I mean, it's, I think, I think next to New Year's, it's the biggest party of the year. But uh, have a great one. Uh, we invite you to join us. For all access, RFR all access on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Rebel Force Radio. So you never miss an episode of our bonus content like RFR Rush Hour, RFR Rewind, RFR Q&A. Plus, you're going to be the first to know about special things like giveaways and early access to RFR events. I don't know, like maybe seeing The Last Jedi in Chicago, perhaps. Also, a uh, big thanks to our sponsor this week. Tops in their wonderful Star Wars card trader app. Certainly to be lots more Last Jedi stuff happening on the Star Wars card trader app from Tops. Uh, we'd love to have you play with us in between shows. The best way to do it is to send us an email, show at rebelforceradio.com. The voicemail line, 708-320-1RFR. That's 708-320-1737. You can catch up with us on Twitter at Rebel Force Radio, at Jimmy Mac Radio, at Jason Swank. Also on Facebook and the official website for Rebel Force Radio, rebelforceradio.com. 
can also find us on iTunes. That really is one of the best places to subscribe, download, and review Rebel Force Radio. Just one rule on those reviews, please. Make them good. And you can find Rebel Force Radio streaming at sites like WGNplus.com, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, really just about anywhere else you can find podcasts these days. We are an official friend of the good folks at Wikipedia. The ultimate online Star Wars encyclopedia can be found at Wikipedia.com. You can also find us weekly on JediNews.co.uk, Yodasnews.com, and the official Star Wars website, StarWars.com. All right, until next time, for Rebel Force Radio, I'm Jason. And I'm Jimmy Mack. And remember, the Force will be with you, always. May the force be with y'all.